0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: You are listening to a special best of edition of
2: This Life featuring celebrity rehab alumni.
1: Hey, this is Dr. Drew and you are listening to This Life with Bob Floyd and Dr. Drew. Here we are. We are going to be joined in just a moment by the great Tom Sizemore. Uh, he'll be with us by Skype, and uh, we've had a little bit of technical issues getting him uh, on board here. So that's kind of what we're working out right now. Bob's sitting over there working on the Skype and. Uh, and we know Tom well. Tom and uh, Bob and I go back over 10 years together and uh, eventually to rehab and he's uh, doing really well. And now he's written a book. The author is here. It's Anna David. She's joining us as well. And uh, let's get right to it. <laughs> How, are you guys? How
3: is everybody? How was your holidays? Really good. good. good? Really
1: good. How about you? Me too. Yeah.
3: So, so I just, can, we I got can, this big job just uh, last Monday. So we can say it, we can talk about
1: the job. We just can't talk about the specifics, right? Right. I can't talk about
3: anything in spe- in, except that it's 18 mm. episodes on Showtime. Great. Right. Um, David, Mr. Lynch is directing all of them, and um, Kyle McLaughlin I'm at liberty to say these following: Kyle McLaughlin's coming back. Laura Dern, Sherilyn Finn, and um, Heather Graham. And um, there's three like leading characters, and I'm I'm, I'm one of them. How? And cool. we start principal photography January 15th.
1: Oh my well, God!
4: You didn't know about Twin
3: Peaks?
1: Well, I didn't know you were a fanatic.
4: About I'm a fanatic. I, I didn't it. know
5: it was coming back. I was a fanatic. So oh,
4: here's wow. the thing that I wanted no, to tell you when I saw you. This couple is now doing this thing that's really fun, which is they're having huge birthday parties for homeless kids at the mission.
3: And so they. This couple's doing what? Bob, repeat that again.
4: They're doing birthday parties for all the little kids who are, you know, living in the missions and living in Skid Row and homeless. They do, oh, yeah? they do birthday parties for the kids. No, that's cool. Is this Such a great Lattice thing.
6: Gladys Park. Is that, is, that? is that where it is? is are you, are you no, it's in out?
4: the mission, the actual mission. They give them the rental, you know, the space to throw the birthday parties. Downtown. Yeah, on. downtown. That's Tom's domain. That's how he got it together.
3: With the mission? Most how people how go downtown with, to with, get high. Tom goes downtown to together. get off drugs. Believe it or not, that's true. That's how I got it together. I didn't. I didn't think that would be the way. It was just, I was just—I fell into it. Huh.
4: With Clancy, I went over there one day. At, I, I went over
3: there one day at someone's. Be- I don't remember who even just suggested it to me. It was it me been you. Bob. It was me. <laughs> and I ended up running into, I ended up running into Clancy, and um, he said, well, "Come back. Why don't you come back and whatever tomorrow or whatever?" Then I, I came back a couple days later. And then I decided to go there every day for a long time, and um, that was the um, linchpin between Drew and and tre- in, inpatient treatment. To a, a more, a more um, normal, just going to, to the twelve step meetings with Denny Trejo, who's my sponsor, and uh, but Clancy was the bridge.
4: Clancy's awesome. Clancy likes celebrity rehab. Oh my god! What's that?
7: Clancy likes celebrities. I mowed his lawn a couple <laughs> Does
3: times. He really? I, wa- I, I wanted to mow his lawn since so many people hey, had. So he, I, I he actually asked him if he I will to have
4: celebrities mow his lawn. I asked
3: him if I could, <laughs> and he said, and he, and he said no. <laughs> <laughs> I said, why can't I? And he said, because you want to. <laughs> <laughs> Here's
4: how what? far you've come. The only thing I remember you had then was an old beat up Bose stereo. That was the only remnant left of the old Tom Sizemore life. <laughs> it's gone. The ex- really expensive I don't Bose about, stereo. It was, a Bose, it
3: was white. It was a Bose white stereo. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it was like, it was like from Steve my, Martin my in the
3: seven, shirt. Mi- From my $7 million like- home, my $7 million <laughs> home, that's all that I had preserved somehow. But <laughs> it you- meant a great deal to me. <laughs> and then when I, when I went to Nash House, somehow my shit got packed away from Nash House into the storage because I went to court and then I didn't have to come back. Well, anyway, he said, if you don't come and get, get your stuff tonight, they're going to move it into the storage. I said, well, Dan, will you move it? And he said, yes. And he broke the boat. So I went to get it a couple days later, and I packed it all up. And we went back to my my loft. And I went, "Where's my stereo, Dan?" <laughs> <laughs> and he stereo, said, I no, knew it was like it was this. There most was no stereo possession. there, Tom. Was like, said, There was no stereo there. I said, "Dan, there was
4: a fucking boat stereo. Are you crazy? Thousand dollar stereo. You're walking around home with a thousand
5: dollar <laughs>
3: stereo." <laughs> <laughs> and then two years later, he he wrote me a Christmas card, huh? and he said, "P.S.S. Tom." I don't know how to tell you this, but you're right. There was a stereo there, and I dropped it, and it broke. And I'm very <laughs> sorry. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> an amends. Of sorts. There it is. An,
5: an amends I'm letter. Still, I'm he,
3: still in touch with him, yeah. Let's be fair. What? A
1: real amends, he would have bought him a new stereo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, right.
6: Or not dropped another person's stereo <laughs> right. and lied about it. Here it
4: is. So I here remember we that are Bose stereo.
3: Two. You do? Remember that Bose stereo? That's the first nice thing I bought, like, in 1989.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like 1000 $1,000.
3: I yeah, remember the
4: other. The, remember, it was when, like a million
1: dollars to me. I <laughs> came to visit him at his house, and he was in that room. We both. Yeah, had a remember when you
4: were, when Drew and I came to the house, and you had the punching bag out on the patio. I vaguely remember
3: that you story. got pretty I mean, crazy, Tom Sizemore. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I got really crazy. I, didn't, I, didn't pretty crazy. <laughs> I know now.
6: What about the story? About- I was up
3: there with no shirt. Listen, I vaguely remember Wait. Monroe told me that you alarmed them, and I, something. I said, well, "How? Why?" She went. Well, it's alarming when you see someone like yourself with no clothes, no shirt on, with a baseball bat, periodically hitting a heavy bag, and sweating. Um, sweating. You're talking about the gun, the guns that you have in your bedroom, and you're profusely sweating and claiming you're not getting high. <laughs>
1: well, and then we yeah, got it got and,
3: worse. And, so, and, and you're saying you're sober. That was the best part. That alarmed. She said it, it, it alarmed. It even, it, it even alarmed. She, she called you. Um, did she call you again, Bob? She called you. Um. Country, a hat <laughs> in the red hair. it even it, it even allowed Mr. Country. But said, but Tom, it, it it Country? got it got well, there was a one click
1: worse, which was we followed you into the bedroom because you kept locking yourself in the bathroom, and you just start bellowing from in there.
5: Oh! <laughs> Right. You started making no, this wild yes. noise. Was like you a a did and,
1: bo- and Bob and I, <laughs> yes, and Bob and I You, and Bob- <laughs> you, <laughs> you did <laughs> it's true. Cuz well, listen, Bob and I walked in the bedroom and that started happening and we Ooh, both bellowing again. Hang on, without looking at each other, we both started backing out. Yeah, like yeah. like oh my god. And we ran out of the house. <laughs> so, I have no recollection. I can't recall.
4: I think <laughs> you know. You know that sound you make when you do a
1: big Bob, long you know, jump out of a I moving vehicle.
3: Bob, Bob, I jumped out of a moving vehicle to,
1: <laughs> <laughs> to go to the pink dot. <laughs> That's indisputable.
3: That's on film. <laughs> oh,
1: so wait, was what this mean? the one you were you were filming uh, in New York City? Is this the one you're talking about? You're in you're in Manhattan and. Uh, I'm blanking the name on... Uh, uh,
5: Robert De Niro? De Niro? De
1: Niro, yeah. De Niro c- corned you in your in your trailer and he was going to take you to treatment at the end of the day and you dove in a car and drove off. Do you remember this That's story? That's all true. That's all, all, all true. That's what, do you remember this? Did he tell you this story when you were the, the book? The
6: story that I remember was the one about, I think, shooting heat. And it all happened in L.A. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, it happened
3: in L.A. And... and uh, We were on the set. This is what happened. The last day of my... I had agreed two days prior, my psychiatrist was Dr. David Scott May. And I went to my session, and when I went to my session, he said, excuse me, Tom, uh, there's, I, I have to, I have to do, do something very quickly. And he left, the, left the, his office, and he walked back in with Bob De Niro, my mother, my brother, and that was it. And then we all talked. It was kind of shocking, but they, we made an agreement that I was going to wrap the movie in three or four days and that I would, I agreed then to go to Sierra Tucson Treatment Center. Oh, nice so, treatment center. Nice. So, so that that was the agreement. So the day came to like three days later, I was doing my last my last day of work, which wasn't oddly enough when I was shot like Pacino, and I had this thing on my head that, that was where the bullet went, in the the you know they the thing they build for your for for they build a forehead that they can blow a squib out of. So we did it and we got it. So Bob said, "Go go to makeup and get that off." We're gonna De Niro wasn't working. He came there to take me. And on the way to makeup, I had told my assistant at the time, Glenn, to pull my Mustang over to just idle right here. And on the way to makeup, I'm walking with Michael Waxman, the first AD. And I said, Michael, I'm going to go. And he said, no, you're not going anywhere, man. We're going over here. And I went, really? And I just said, boom. I just took off running. And I ran. And I dove. I had to dive, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe seven feet. And I ended up in the, hit the, the top down, thankfully. I told him that, and I dove, dove into the back seat. And I, like I was John Dillinger, I thought, and I drove to, I drove to the, the Lowe's hotel and I checked in there and then I thought that was too, too obvious a place. And then I went to shutters and I was in shutters and then I've, the, they found me,
5: <laughs>
3: they, they found me a, a couple of days later. That's and what I, you called had to go.
1: not ready for treatment. <laughs> not ready yet. No, not <laughs> ready. I wasn't
3: really ready yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but God bless De Niro for trying. I mean, I, he had all the right ideas, you know, it's,
3: when I opened the door up, and I ordered some food, right? And then I, they knocked on the door, and I opened the door up, and it was him. <laughs> and I closed it, and I, <laughs> and I locked the door. It, um, yeah, if, and I, if only
6: I, it had been like 15 years later.
3: And I went to the bathroom was and I, that, call, that, I called him and said... But that wasn't I, I said, even
4: meth, right? That was heroin and
3: coke back then? Oh, stop it, Bob. You're going to make me sound like a complete dope fiend. That was heroin <laughs> and coke. <laughs> that was heroin and coke. <laughs> I told you. And I, I actually got, I got sober then. And I stayed sober from 95 to 97. I re- relapsed and I got clean again. Even in 2000, Bob there was a lot of ignorance like with me for instance and Heidi about what how dangerous these drugs were you know yeah, that's true i, I that's don't i don't think true. there was, i didn't appreciate how dangerous they were until much much later like in 2009
1: and then you were, when you're into it you don't want to hear it either you know you're, you're, yeah, you can't you, hear it
3: i mean i had fun for a while and then i of course didn't have any fun and then after i was completely fucked up from it and i tried to stop on my own and i it was hopeless i couldn't stop each
4: drug has its own uh negative kind of connotations but when you survive or you sort of uh make it past heroin yeah and you're kind of functioning still in your 30 you start to think all other drugs aren't 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 like that and each one of them has their own destructive things alcohol and pot being the new ones yeah a lot of people that turn away from heroin and then get on alcohol and pot and think it's harmless or nothing. Or get on
6: up, just other opiates. Uh, or
1: how about benzos, blah, blah, blah. Doctors give them stuff. But, but Tom, I'm just speaking of doctors giving stuff. I'm just flashing on when we first got you over... P- you were
4: on 11 meds when we first de- dealt with you. You were, I think you we were oh, on 11 and meds. And we
1: found balloons of heroin stashed. No, every...
4: regular psych meds too, though. Yeah, I from know. From the doctor.
1: Yeah. But... But we, well, when we that, what, at PRC, when we got you to passing recovery center first time.
3: Oh, I had like a like like t- a two thousand dollars of drugs on my on my ankle. Yeah,
1: and some of them ended up in trash cans and all oh, over that the place. Was
3: on the show, yeah.
1: yeah. And but here's what I remember: well, you,
3: Drew, Drew, you crossed me up with that Advan shot. I you that Advan shot, and I was trying to. I, I was trying to hide my drugs in the bathroom. I gave and him
1: I, I gave him enough to put down a large elephant because I had to get him to stop. <laughs> and I and I was like, Tom, come here. And boom. And
3: he, it wasn't and, very nice of you, Drew. And he it was, was really, pushing really
1: through it. You kept pushing through it. Because like, of the meth? I, I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. I was like, this man should be unconscious. I gotta get him
3: to stop. <laughs> he couldn't knock me he could not knock me down. He tried to knock me down. And it remember he kept just, wanting to leave the he was ground? Stuff?
1: around. Oh yeah. my
3: god, I thought he was gonna bolt this terrible
1: he needs to like land and he was psychotic and it was just oh my god it
3: but was terrible it it's, I'm so glad it. that's I'm glad I'm so glad that fucking bullshit's over with yeah yeah well the next morning when I woke up I, I when I woke up like not the next morning four days later yeah. I went to that bathroom and all what? the drugs were gone so I went to Shirley Shirley, Shelly, I mean Shelly, yeah, oh, Shelly. I think it went to Shelly. Yeah, I left, I left some things in the bathroom. and She said, "Your heroin and speed." No, it's gone.
5: <laughs> yes, I
1: remember. And I that.
3: said, "Well, that wasn't anyone's to throw out. <laughs> <laughs> it was mine." So someone you bought that, me. you bought that.
4: Uh huh.
1: Considering oh they God.
6: take away mouthwash I, in I'm, rehab.
1: I'm getting anxiety just having this conversation.
6: I <laughs> PTSD. Well, Drew,
3: Drew, do yeah. you know what the, the turn, one of the turning points, though, was like I was like day six or seven, you came into my room and you said, You know, Tom, I know you're not feeling well, obviously, but you're going to have to get up eventually and take a shower and more importantly, come to group. So why don't we do that today? And I looked at you and I know how kind of a person you are, really, Drew. And, I, and, and, I, and you said, You can do it. And I did it. And then that was really truly the first time I did something I didn't want to do. That it's
1: um, good. I think you, told me to, was a, think you told me to fuck off. But in a good nature, No, of life. I never in told no, you. I never said fuck <laughs> off to no, you, Drew. It's right. You're I right. I said too. fuck off
3: to everybody else <laughs> on earth. But you're you. right. I it's never, true.
1: It's true. I never really, I don't remember any, anything like that coming from you. So I appreciate that. Never. I treated
3: yeah. you always with absolute respect. Yeah. I, oh, hey, I, speaking of I
1: respect, the respect you. how's your mom? How's Judy?
3: Oh, she's good. Everybody, everybody's good that I'm sober. Oh, she must okay, use...
4: let's get back to, we're back to the fact checking. What's Everything that? now is true. We're gonna well, yeah, stick to the fuck, facts. I'm not all fucked. I'm not all fucked up and shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this is where this is where the diagnosis gets hard with you. You are such a great actor, Thomas. You are such a great actor that yeah. I I've, I've always thought sometimes you don't know whether it's real life or acting.
3: Oh, that's bullshit.
4: Do you know when you're acting?
3: Well, I'm acting like right now that you didn't ask me. is such a stupid question. <laughs> 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 yeah, I know the difference. Uh, not
4: like crazy mentally ill, but you you really don't you don't think you confuse what real life is and what what? No,
3: I think I, I think, think you're what you're messing. I think I, I if I confuse Here, no, you I don't ask do, the question. I, I think what happens is I don't is- confuse. No, I, I think Tom, what happens it.
1: when you're really not well? You start lying so much that you can't tell what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that's, that's what true. starts happening. That and
4: then it, it all becomes yeah. The, he, may, weird. he may
1: use acting to sustain his lies, but you don't as a, as a an sober person watching it, it's like Ugh, what's going on, right? Yes,
3: exactly, exactly. Yeah. How and do you be you, such and, and a when good you're actor? Like that, how you do start, you get start what? fabricating things? is just they just all kind of get on top. And you have to keep mind to lie.
4: So here's the thing: there are actors, like there's a lot of actors, but there's only a few masters. And I think it's how do you? What makes an actor? What makes a great actor? Because you are a great actor.
1: Is it all? Um, is it all God given with hard work, or is it? Is, is are there ways to get there? Cause I well,
4: because I think it's because you're. I, I think it's a byproduct of how fucked up you are. I think. That, I, I think. I think. How? What? I think. How? Tortured, you are, is a part of why you're such a great actor. That you can access that deep, deep.
3: Earth. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think with with me, I think it's all individual. With me, I think that's unfortunately true.
4: Well, but but
1: I, why would you say unfortunately? It's it's a it's a it's an had an unfortunate history, but it, you're turning it into a gift.
3: Yeah. Well. Well, I think that I, I, I know I did this. I, I I I think I the drugs. I thought. Made me more interesting, and made my emotions more accessible to me. When, in point of fact, they didn't, but I I thought that they did, Mm. and um, they ended up torturing me. And I, I thought it made me more interesting. I don't know why. I think that great actors um, are. I think you have to be born with some kind of quality of. I don't know what it is that you want to be an actor. Number one, Um, but I don't think you can make a. I don't think. I don't think you can be a great actor. I just don't think you can be a great actor unless you some kind of you have some type of gift from the beginning, and of course a desire to be one too. I mean, but
4: but my idea is like Robert Downey
3: Jr. is like one of the most gifted people I've ever met, and um, um, I know other actors that are good actors, but they don't have the gifts like Robert has or. Certain actors that I worked with when coming up that, that they would just seemed to be just gifted, you know? And, it does seem like about being trauma, but my thing is yeah. about trauma. When you look at Comma? the greatest
4: trauma, the greatest musician songwriters in the world are traumatized people. John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. People that lived through the world, the, all the Rolling Stones and Beatles lived while bombs were dropping off when they were children. All yep. over England yeah. Trauma has something to do with expression That has something to do with art And you are a deep, deep trauma survivor And you are a deep, deep actor, Tom Sizemore oh, Thank you It's good to talk to you Good to see you And I love you And thanks for doing this Yeah, I really appreciate what, it, Tom. Oh,
1: We're
3: done? Yeah, yeah we're yeah. done, man We'll see
1: all you right, soon you guys. All right, Tom, I thanks I love, I love all you, you. I, love I love all, all
3: care, you I miss you bye. Happy
1: holidays okay, All right, bye. happy bye. holidays <laughs> <laughs> <You're lit. laughs> And our other guest is Mackenzie Phillips. (laughs) That's her laughter in the background there. You can follow, uh, see her one day at a time on Netflix. uh, BreatheLifeHealingCenters.com is where she wants you to check it out. The history
4: of opioids in America, Mackenzie
1: Phillips. You can follow her at (laughs) at, at Mack Phillips. So, Mac, bring us up today. People who haven't been uh, sort of uh, with you the way we all have been Mm -hmm. the last couple of years, tell people where you've been and what's been going on.
8: Well, you know, what can I say? I've been working. I went back to school and i became a counselor and i've been working it as a primary counselor for the last 3 years it's been awesome it's been incredible i'm so grateful to them for inspiring me to follow my passion
1: and the first thing i noticed with mac i haven't seen i haven't seen you really quietly we've seen a conference and things, Events, we have to speak and yeah. stuff but how great does she look? Yeah,
4: how healthy does she look? She health and she, you, comes, oh my she God, come I, at you, <laughs> you the way she used to. Well, oh my the, God. she <laughs> come at you with all kinds of agendas. <laughs>
8: oh, those were the days, huh?
4: Yeah, and what you know, remember when we took the walk around the at Celebrity Rehab and we went around the block? And yeah. I said, "Don't do this book thing. Don't do it." Yeah. And you were like, "I
8: have to do it." Already <laughs> she'd, already, she'd already done it. At that that point. person is not around anymore. And you know what? It turned out to be not a bad decision to do the book. I know, but I you got was, crucified, I was, and no, I felt no, like I beating some people I was up. In favor of it. I felt like beating some people up. I feel like you and my little
4: sister all. You know, what crack I mean? them over that the was head. a rough week for you when that book came out. That wasn't was it?
8: that was tough. I mean, I, I seriously had. I guess I was kind of naive, and I thought, well, the people who love me will love me, regardless of whether or not I, I speak my truth. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> They'll I, love me from, oh, <laughs> way over there, maybe. Trust everyone, <laughs> trust no one. <laughs> <laughs> my idealism and my altruism has gotten me in more sticky wickets than you can possibly imagine. We
1: call that codependency. Code yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm well, very familiar too. with that territory. I'd
8: rather call it idealism altruism. <laughs> <laughs> and altruism. But, but I, so listen, funny. that's why, by, by the way, hold on. Yeah.
1: Codependency code is not a strictly negative thing. It, it, it directs you towards altruism, which I always value. Right. So it's a liability that comes with a the strength
8: There so, you go yeah, Okay so. Spoken by Dr. Drew There you go But what was
4: funny is The way the wind blew About the subject of the book If it Show business is so phony Half the people That were kind of not, Unkind to you would have been kind to you if there was like this warm oh yeah all the things that you thought were gonna
1: happen
8: exactly that's what, what, what i hate mean, about hollywood. hollywood
1: so what do you mean I so, that so, that, so so that if, the, if
8: the reaction of the family had been what i had expected oh, it to be everyone embrace. would have been really nice about it yeah you know across the board and you know i had people say to me well why why did you wait till he was dead and and if i had written it when he was alive they would have said why didn't you wait until he you know, yeah when, that's true do you know what i mean see that you yeah. can't i don't I, think you can win no there was win no win with that
4: but, people, but it was yeah. courageous, and it was brave, and it goes on a lot more—a
8: lot more in America
4: than people ever want to talk about.
8: Drew was my my champion. Uh, oh you, hell you, yeah! You were so helpful and so inspirational I just, I, to me. I still
1: have—I was—I don't know where I was. I was literally out in the world when I saw you talking to Oprah. And I was like, "Oh shit! Oh, Here it goes!" Oh, that was so scary. Oh my god! I'm like, "Oh crap!" I just froze in, in the spot. I, I just remember it. But you looked—my hands so, were shaking. No, but Mac, you I looked was... so connected, and so—and uh, pe- and when people started questioning the veracity and stuff, like, like, "Come on, just everybody, just watch what Mac is saying." I it's remember that they, they
8: had like a lie to me person, like a person who reads body language on ET or Uh-oh. Access Hollywood or oh, something. No. And they were like, "Well, all we can say is." She believes that it's true. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they could say. Well, good.
1: That's all we need to say. Does yeah. America
4: not know, Drew, what we know? About how much sexual, sexual abuse, abuse there is. There is no. I,
1: I think they, they when it comes to close family, they recoil. I think people understand yeah. that it happens with strangers and neighbors and teachers and doctors and blah, 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 blah. But when it's immediate family... It's always immediate family. No, it isn't always. It, it's often teachers and stuff like that but but when it's immediate family i mean like immediate family that's what people are Ugh! and i hear about it on, on radio all, all i'm sure you do all, all the, the time every night every night,
5: every
4: and, night. and well you... The, oh you know where i hear it the most is stepfathers and teenage daughters yeah. and stuff like that are you that's okay talking hear... about this by the way oh, absolutely. I, did, I did not expect us to go down this path what? nor did uh, i but that's no fine. it's a courage that <laughs> yeah. she had that no other american has uh, No, I
1: think she blew it up. I I feel like we're talking about it now. We were beginning to, and Max just.
8: Well, what happened after High on Arrival came out was that a lot of people went, Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. And then another person would, uh, you know, put their hand up and go, Oh, me too. Like, a lot of people started.
1: I would argue that before you did that. I used to hear. I used to, at first. I'd have to extract it from people. Yes. No one would come forward with it, and when they would come forward, it was very shame-based stuff. Which, of course, it's a shamey experience. But now they're much more. I wouldn't say matter of fact, but apt to be understanding that it's not something that only happened to them or that it was their responsibility.
8: Absolutely. I mean, I have so many clients sitting. You know, come to my office, young, young heroin addicts, addicted mm-hmm. women who, who you know, it, it is. It's like extracting the, the truth from them. And the, the shame, and the fear, and the belief that because you didn't scream and yell or run or tell or, you know, pull out a stick, that you're complicit, well, at, that's or the that part, you're responsible. And, and I think
1: that's the part, Bob, that uh, people really had trouble getting their head around with Mac, which is sort of Stockholm syndrome she got into. Yeah. yeah, people cannot get that; they don't understand it unless they've been there.
8: That's right. That's right. And you know, being a counselor now and being, you know a hopeful healer i like to say um you know and having gone through this experience you know quite literally and then in the public eye uh it gives me sort of a, a unique perspective on how to talk to young women about this trauma what would you, how would you
1: how would you describe that because i that fascinates me well
8: you know i mean i can i can actually i mean you know an appropriate disclosure is always very interesting when when you're when you're working as a counselor or yeah, when, when
1: to disclose is an art,
8: when to disclose is a real art. So, you know, to say, you know, I, I have some of this in, in my history as well. And, and I can tell you for me, when I finally came to terms with the fact that I was medicating my trauma with heroin and, you know, cocaine or whatever, that, um, as I started to let go of my coping mechanism, and I started to like really feel the deep trauma of what had happened mm. in my life, uh, I needed someone to be there for me and someone who was just going to listen, and I'd like to be that person for you.
1: Very there powerful. You go. Very powerful. And, what I, and being that person, by the way, I would argue that to the extent that you take care of yourself and not get evoked, yeah. being on the other side can be very healing too. It's another phase of your healing. Absolutely. That's what I think happened, yeah. which
4: is the event of the book... Immediately, Max started working yeah. in treatment. Yeah, it's laying low. Yeah, healing yourself, learning your your craft, and and now she's popping out the other side. And now it's all. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's I what I you. feel like. If that yeah. had, if the book hadn't happened, I don't think you'd be a counselor.
8: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you know I, what I mean? I, I I don't think I would either. I mean, I I started. S- Going to school for uh, KDOC certification in two thousand three. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know
5: that.
1: you were not ready.
8: I wasn't. <laughs> By the way, apparently I was so not ready. was a periodic that. at that time. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, yeah, absolutely. But you know what?
1: I could, I see that now in retrospect. as all part of the arc of your healing. Yes. Really what it is. That, yeah. that was okay that you did that because you were in that phase of you were moving towards it. I You're was moving, moving towards, towards the units. Yeah.
8: For later on <laughs> You know what I let him go You did I let them go And started all over Smart where did you go? Smart you Smart LA Smart smart, smart. No I went to a hybrid program uh, At Sober College Called ICDS It's a oh. certification oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know It's it's a really quick Oh that Sober College place
4: Even though I love What they do You live out near there Right I don't
8: I live in Sherman Oaks They're in Woodland Hills I know But 818 Deep 818 Deep 818 See that's a valley girl I know. Who knows it. You know, it's, yeah. that's eight miles west. Exactly. <laughs> to me, and it's I all like, out there. Never the twain shall meet. I remember once I was dating a guy, or I was about to date a guy, and I met him at a meeting. You guys know him. I won't say his name on, uh, here. But I was like, oh, he, here's my number. Call me. And he goes, oh.
1: 818.
8: 818. <laughs> and I said, well, it's Tarzan. And he goes, oh, deep 818. <laughs> I'm like, fine, whatever. I still went to bed with <laughs> him. Dad, what can I say? But college, have yeah, <laughs> you ever
4: been out there? No. It's out past Encino. Yeah, I've heard about know, it. Yeah, I it's know. like, Woodland, but, like is that? Yeah. But it's inspiring and it's depressing. Oh. Because that population, they have a wall of all the dead kids. Oh. It's just so depressing. <sighs> and I, the first time I was there, it was at a memorial for a friend of mine's daughter. Mm. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't think I could do this. They're doing great work. But,
1: well, yeah, no, what, do you what do you mean? You can't do it. You do it all the time.
4: No, but it's just dealing with... Well, no, what a treatment center... I'm dealing with the (laughs) semi-surrendered. You know what I mean? It's a new category. (laughs) I still...
1: uh, By the way, one of the greatest recovery stories for me is Mac going to that place that the nun ran your first sobriety oh she wasn't a nun but Mrs. Delaney she, she bit a nun or something right well she,
8: no I she wasn't she a, a nun. nun no she was like like Marty Mann she was one of those type of women but, in the early but she days. walked
1: through a doorway that said, it had an inscription over it that said let me see if I get this right for the reluctant to recover
5: <laughs> right? Yes. right I thought oh my god that's the best and then I walked further into
8: the room and there were signs that said you know let go and let God think <laughs> think think was upside down and and then there was one that said one day at a time. And I went, oh, they knew I was coming.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So what do you want to do? Want to read an email? So
4: I want to read the thing about the harrowing. Yeah. Please help. My friend over, oh, the, and this is first name Lily first time, Lily first name. L. And it says, we gotta, please can you know,
1: Again, we can't, we can't uh, unfortunately, the way the laws are, we can't specifically address her thing. So kind of distill kind of Yeah, distil no, I generally,
4: yeah because right drew listen to the letter at the end it says it's a matter of life or death do you think i want to be held accountable for this I'm not
1: about being held accountable it's about what's legally appropriate <laughs> please appropriate
4: help my friend of, of over 30 years is an alcoholic her husband is alcoholic her two boys 25 and 24 right, so are both are both addicted to heroin oh, her nephew just passed away from an overdose huh. his brother just left another rehab with uh, you know ama yeah. It's a nightmare. She refused to get help because she doesn't think she needs it. Still who, who is in that? The, 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 is the mom, the, her friend. Yeah, the mom, the mom of okay. all. This. So
1: and mom's the alcoholic, right? Yeah, mom's. Okay. An, so what do you do with it? Let's go to back up. There's,
4: <laughs> well, there's something. Well, I, when I read the letter, I thought of my family. There's a lot of alcoholism in my family, mm-hmm. and but I was a heroin addict, and you were that cool. was really bad. Mm. So oh, I what see. I see is the mom is thinking, yeah, I drink or I have a drinking problem. Right. But these boys, these boys, the these boys. boys are real addicts. Yeah, these are the real problems. Well, I'm, is I'm, real I'm pro- afraid,
1: Bob, I'm afraid generally in this country we've forgotten about alcohol. <laughs> oh, you know I what know. I mean? I we, have, we have so much trouble with pills and everything else that alcohol's like,
5: oh, okay, we can deal with that.
1: Go let, have let a drink. It, yeah, let them go for a little while. It's yeah. all right. And it's sad. We've forgotten how how dangerous, how it progresses, how how it goes on. You know, across a lifespan. It and really it
4: manifests in the next generation in mm. heroin addiction. That's Well, right. no. Oh, well, it can. Not well, That's necessarily. what this is. That's, that's what, what happened in is, my but, family. Yeah, but we had... But,
5: because sure. if you're, because you... You had a sister mom. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, well, you did. That's how that happened. <laughs> but if you're looking that's for... That's why a...
4: and I could get along so good. So one time, <laughs> I never told you this. I asked her if it was my dad who raised me, my grandfather... And she said, How dare you, Bobby? And she slapped my face. Oh, what does that mean? Wow. Holy moly. Let's not get into it further than that. <laughs> wow. That's wow. How wow dare from you. Mackenzie Phillips. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so, so, and so Bob, let me understand. So, so why are you antisocial? Why, huh? <laughs> why are you antisocial? Right, well, exactly. you crazy? Yeah. So so um, but alcohol is, you know, very, very serious problem. It kind of massive but you but you are not on the kind of a Clock that you are with heroin where your life is like Im- imminently in danger. But with but the can genetic
8: manifestation, right? So you have parents that are alcoholic. Right, that's the gene. That's the gene, yeah. but it can manifest in heroin because that's what's in front of them. Well,
1: you know, I would what... argue, hold on, I would argue, and this is what I was going to say when you said, well, the mom has to, no, the, the dad's probably a raging perpetrator of God knows what. Mom is a severe codependent and not really available emotionally. And then they're both drunk. They're both when they're using Battling. who knows who knows what they're like. And that's traumatic. And so then you get heroin. Okay, yeah.
4: okay, I get it. So, so, hmm. but the thing, th- the thing that's interesting to me is alcoholism, and by still the way, number and, one destroyer in America with cigarettes. Yes, yes. Number one, number two, but. Cause all the violence, uh, domestic yes, violence. Car accidents. You know, it's some heroin addicts, some meth addicts, but alcoholism, number one at domestic violence, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Number one with car accidents.
1: Well, I'm just, maybe math is number one at domestic <laughs> violence. With domestic
4: violence? You would math, say? Math is pretty bad with
1: domestic violence. But, but anyway, it's such a small point, percentage point of the what, population that's right. is point abusing is, that drug. Yes, point is, I think tax. that.
8: Right population is growing
1: the Matthew group absolutely it, it, it waxes and wanes I'm it seeing a lot wanes. of I know it's but back. what the I letter
4: know. describes kind of is this chaotic alcoholic uh, couple probably my age yeah, yeah. that have these heroin addict yeah. kids and I know that that mother is putting aside her problems yes. to focus melodramatically or, or, on the boy
1: I would argue that histrionically she, melodramatic. Mm, yes. I would argue that she uses that justification for not dealing with her stuff
4: well, wouldn't you need a cocktail now and again right. how you two sp- heroin Right, right. how am I <laughs> supposed to deal with this? It makes, <laughs> right. I hate to trivialize it, but you well, really see, would yeah. need... And what do you need, Drew? You need people, and you need love, and you need support. Uh, but alcohol is what's in the refrigerator that uh-huh. seems to do a version of that, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And so... You know, it's the chaos that's going on in America, everybody thinks it's a small percentage. It's a huge swath oh
1: across and, America. And, and, and it really, you know, when I look at it, it's that
4: we got to do something about our families, man. We got to. But I just want to say, when we're talking dysfunctional families, we're talking about Mac and Bob's families.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you, you guys, yeah. I mean...
4: Well, we turned out all right.
1: Well, that's what I—that's what. A, I was gonna a say. Lot of compassion. I've always no, you had walk, a lot of compassion. You walk through it. You got—you got through it. But it's—it's it's extraordinary.
8: Well, and the thing is that I—that I love about that, Bob, is that we're not hoarding our wellness to ourselves. We're actually trying to share it with other people. And,
1: and both of you got into it a place it. where you—you you aren't. You know, when you really get over trauma, you start accepting what is sick in the other person that was the perpetrator or you know, all the stuff that was going on there. You, you do have, actually have empathy for them. You still have all the other anger and hatred and misery and all whatever else they per- did to you, but you have some empathy, and, and that's that's a tall order. So you have you know, an understanding.
4: Can you, I'm so sorry. Can, once sorry. you stop being a victim, you kind of have to have compassion. Well, and You start to understand it. Like I was definitely a victim running around like, you know, but once I got kind of on the other side of it, I could see like everybody's fucked up in one way or another. Yeah. And everybody, it just keeps going yeah, on and just, on. Yeah, you just had a very. But big here's dump. how that
8: anger manifests before you get to this kind of place. It's like, oh f you, watch me now. I'll kill me.
5: Yeah. I will
8: burn it down to to. Punish you, yeah. for for what you did to me.
4: It's a weird acting out, isn't
8: it? It's a weird acting out, and then when it and if shifts, if I'm
4: dying, will you come rescue me?
1: It
8: exactly, shifts. it <clears throat> shifts. Well, when it shifts, it you can you recognize it as wow, I was seriously uh, punishing myself in order to uh, uh, get back at someone who didn't give a shit.
1: Before you we wrap this up, did, did you have some sort of shift sitting in the chair talking to Oprah? <clears throat>
8: I was so scared of her,
1: but I feel
4: like she's a vicious to
1: that joke. monster. In my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> like Well, she help back? That's, that's all I care.
8: What she did, she did yeah. help me. My shift came with EMDR.
1: It's an eye movement therapy. People know what EMDR. Look up EMDR. It's an excellent trauma therapy.
8: I didn't do it with the eyes. I did it with the little Or z- z- whatever. It, yeah. It's, you do it's, it. it's some sort of a, it's accessing
1: deeper brain systems. Deeper that brain that you can't systems. get at th- by yourself. Or even by sort of traditional psychotherapy means. And it means.
8: kind of makes the trauma live in a different place in your limbic system. Yep. And so that it's not constantly being re-stimulated. Let me re-say it. Let me yeah, say it, you say it, it the way.
1: The, the trauma lives in your body, in your, in your autonomic <laughs> system. It's, mm-hmm. you're, it's like you're being re-traumatized all the time. It's sort of a weird memory that we have that remains in our body. And as such, it's cut off from our more conscious processes, even our emotional processes sometimes. It's so deeply bodily-based. And what EMDR and other trauma therapies allow you to do is to access it. So it becomes part of a whole of who you are. So integrate. I
4: I didn't do EMDR, but that's what it is. It is a part of the whole of who I am. Yeah.
1: And and, and as such... I'm not
4: scared of it. And as
1: such, you can use your... Mature, healthy parts of yourself to regulate and talk to those other parts, and be a, as opposed to be walled off from it. Right, and so you start to become an integrated home. Literally, the wiring of your brain changes. You That's wire right. into that part of the brain.
4: You know what I've noticed? And I'm not I'm not bragging, but I had this weird business offer last week, and I. And I didn't even have that junky response, like, oh, I could do this. And then all the corrective shit, like, no, you couldn't, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have it. I was like, oh, I would never, I wouldn't want to be involved in something like that. Yeah, that's good.
8: That's amazing. Isn't that
4: right? right? Peace, you, out, peace out baby <laughs> out with that we will say
1: goodbye Max such a privilege always love you guys I, yeah, we so love much you too. So I, I'm just so happy for you and just see you looking so great we
4: didn't even mention she won the sober person of the year award the other day really and I, I was there I got to give the prayer you did
8: it was the experience <laughs> yeah. strength and hope award he was I, amazing I did the
4: opening prayer like I, I don't know how, what kind of prayer it was it was mostly like let's get it together people
1: three of us are gonna finish up here we'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs> bye And we are happy to welcome
7: I'm getting distracted by your wife (laughs) Well, first of
1: all, Shelly is with us still Hi guys Shelly Sprague is still with us And we are all delighted to bring our friend Mary
4: Ellen Cook in here Who reminded me that it's been 10 years to the day since Celebrity Rehab started
7: What? I know, right?
4: (gasps) We're old Wow! <laughs> I'm
7: going on. A, seems really? Like, seems like it was just a couple. We're years really
0: ago. old. I'm still feeling the effects of it. <laughs> I know I, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was 27 then. Now I'm
9: 37.
1: And you're going to get wow. married. We'll talk about all this. Yes. But, yes. but I, 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 one of the moments that Marilyn, you did not see that stuck mm-hmm. out in my mind was. When you started, we had to walk down the street a few times. Yes. <laughs> Poor yes. Shelly. I felt so bad for her. You guys were driving her crazy.
7: Yes, we did. Well, I, I was really well behaved. It was more like Jessica and Seth, I think. Mm-hmm. And Jeff, and Jeff. Jeff, obviously.
4: Jeff, always. Yeah,
7: definitely. (laughs) Jeff was Um, the toughest
0: one. Well, I mean, I think the whole environment was a little (laughs) bit different, something I wasn't really used to. Yes. And so what I had, you know, had to kind of adjust to um, was things that were kind of beyond my control. And and so I had a bit of trouble adjusting to the whole situation, not because the clients were who they were and what you guys were, you know, up to, but more because (laughs) of the context of what what we're doing it within that construct. And so it was tough for my little brain, you know,
7: to make it, make it, you know, you make all it all make sense. But you getting kicked out.
0: <laughs> right.
5: What I think it's funny is that when I
7: went to Promise's Malibu, the first or second day I was there, the girl I was really close with, she goes, I watched celebrity rehab. She goes, You know, I've been here for a week. There's no drama in rehab. You guys must have made that all up. Well, oh. then as the weeks progressed, the drama there was a just. lot of drama. <laughs> drama. Right. It's like a little high school when you're in rehab, it, you know? It, yes. it wasn't just Absolutely. celebrity rehab, no, all no. rehab. All rehabs. are pretty much. I mean, I thought Celebrity Rehab now after going to other rehabs um, was actually a very accurate portrayal right. of rehab. It that's right. Nothing. I mean, no, I now, think we got better treatment it, on Celebrity Rehab than a normal rehab because we had a smaller group. Mm-hmm. We got one-on-one on, one time more with with you with Bob. So I mean, I felt it was actually a better rehab situation. It, it than was just what the three rehabs. of us
1: do. I mean, there are the three of yeah. us plus some other people, Sasha and people on the team. Yeah, and I mean, Luisa. day in and day
0: out, that's what we're doing, and 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 it was a good you know it was a good introduction for you because obviously now later you see that you were really getting treatment and, oh, and you for sure. were actually making some progress there you know oh, I
7: think I mean I, you know, I, hate, I get really upset when people criticize it mm-hmm. and think it was made up for TB or mm-hmm. this wasn't real treatment because mm-hmm. you know because that's the other thing people don't realize we had two to three hour long process groups yeah. that yeah. were seeing you one on one almost every day mm-hmm. you know it was heavy duty it was heavy duty it was real rehab that's sort of what
1: was depleting us in fact because usually you'll hand off you know yeah. but it was just the three of us all the time I right?
7: know I love I want to go back again let's <laughs> do it again <laughs> I think
5: <laughs> well the other thing is you you
1: responded to it because you'd been you'd never had a family feel like that yeah. that was a really I thought a poignant piece of your story is it? We became like a little surrogate family for you. Oh
7: yeah! And mm-hmm. no, when I went to um, PTP Promises uh, other program, they let me stay an extra couple of days for free because I just didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I you just wanted to stay yet. in rehab. And I told them if I win the lottery, I'm going to live in rehab permanently. You
4: went to you <laughs> went to the on Pico.
7: Um yeah, it was that wow. well, was on Wilshire? Um, but now they they closed it actually. Yeah, I think but they did.
4: So so we what that She program. Program. went through. Yeah. Yeah. no yeah. So it was that the Paul, professional Paul Williams over there. Was
7: Doctor that... uh, yeah. uh, Greg Skipper? Doctor yeah, Skipper. Yeah.
4: The gray guy. He. The, so they were doing two because it was going to be the professionals track of promises right yeah and Sheila Balkan and I go by there and we go through the tour and he's telling us all what you guys are gonna do oh, it was great. and we just both looked at each other and you go said you're talking about real this is just treatment it's treatment yeah. and, <laughs> and he was like yeah. yeah isn't it weird you have to come up with a new brand for treatment because treatment had become so accommodating so such BS mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they were just calling the professionals track, calling it a separate new thing, like it's a new thing, and it was really go to group or go home. Right, right. That's what, well, that's, yeah, and theirs is
7: actually a lot stricter because it's a lot of. Uh, do, I mean, I don't know how I ended up in there. Actually, well, Doctor Sophie wanted me in the Professionals program to bring me back to more of my roots and like the kind of prep school I went to. He wanted mm-hmm. me to be with mm-hmm. the doctors and lawyers, but it was you know pretty much all doctors and physicians who got in some sort of trouble at work. Yeah, and so they have to you know they have to do everything right or else Doctor Skipper doesn't approve them to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And they're all required. <laughs>
5: and, <laughs> and there's a, just the board. Well, there is leverage. no,
7: there is no. I don't like the rules. I'm going to no, leave. There I mean. Isn't. For these doctors, well, it's lose your license we, if you don't we had, stay.
1: We, we dealt with a lot of doctors, if remember, and they were really tough to treat. They're they very tough. You know,
7: the guy I'm engaged to, he's very tough to treat.
5: <laughs> we'll hear more about that. <laughs> But
7: he was in rehab for six months. But he's a great. But he's a great guy. That's it's what all it good. See, I realize when I say these things, he's not just like everybody's not newbie.
1: Everybody's not newbie, newbie, newbie. <laughs> but you guys haven't seen each other since ten
7: since, years. Gosh, the reunion. Well, you came back, though, I did so. Well, I came back before sober house and just came back and visited season two and then I did Sober House season one which we shot a year after but Shelly mm-hmm. wasn't part of Sober House right
5: right right.
4: right right,
0: right.
7: Yeah, we only got to see you and
5: she, she didn't
4: want to live with you guys
5: <laughs> I love Sober House you know that's another thing unlike
7: real sober livings, you don't generally get I mean, we were getting process groups every day in yeah, yeah. Sober House it was really just like rehab it living was like, in a different was, place right it was like treatment light I loved <laughs> it
1: yeah and, and then, I love and, treatment. It was so funny when we were, when we were the <laughs> I should go back. I don't even remember any of this. <laughs> it was so long ago. But the producers we were always like no just don't worry about it. Stuff always happens every have. Just let just stand back. Let yep. it happen. It mm-hmm. always does. Mm-hmm. I'm just I still have trauma from going to Catalina. That was like That too was much so from fun. A, See, the
7: producers were the ones who told me to take my top off. I'm sure. I was not going to do I said to them, Dr. Drew's going to get mad if I do this. See, TV producers
4: always have to do the (laughs) obvious. So TV producers, my argument wasn't the same as yours. (laughs) I was like, if you don't tell her to take her top off, she will. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it. And what's his name? Jumped off the boat. Oh, I um, knew Rico. that somebody was oh, going to jump off the yeah, boat. Rico. Of course, I knew it. Rico. I knew somebody was yeah. going to steal one of those bicycles and take off on Catalina. <laughs> you just let drug addicts be drug addicts. But the <laughs> producers were so trying to make them act like drug addicts. Yeah. I think that drove you nuts. Yeah. I was just like,
7: you don't it have, to, me tell you <laughs> you don't have me. to tell it's them. True, you, you don't have to tell them. It's true. You would have taken
4: your top off even if they mm, didn't tell you, would no, you? No,
7: because I wouldn't want Dr. Drew to be yeah, because No, I really didn't. I know.
1: You were a good patient.
7: Yeah. Because it would have gotten her kicked out of the program. Yeah. And that's the thing in a, you know, in right?
1: Real, in the real world. That was the it only opened, thing that was yeah. the only thing different is that I wasn't allowed to kick people yeah, out you which I able ru- to. We never did. kick people
4: out. We just move them to the psych ward, if mm-hmm. you recall.
1: Well, we, we would give them options. We'd give them options. Yes. They would often go to that ward. That, yeah. was, the, that was what they were To East, it was called. Right. You know. <laughs> yes, <I remember. laughs> so what's going on in your life now? So first, your sobriety.
7: Okay, so this is a, I was dreading coming here. So I had 416 days sober. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then when I – and, you know, it's funny. I mean, I see now how the relapse happened. I um, You know, once I got sober, I went out to Vegas. I was starting to get booked every single weekend again. I, you know, I slowly stopped going to all my meetings because I was traveling every single weekend – I stopped going. Every Wednesday was my promises meeting. I was always going to that. Started missing it. Uh, the young boyfriend and I broke up, <laughs> and I ended up, you know, drinking. It was a one night. It was on uh, November 18th, and then I got sober. You know, I did it again. and got really actively involved with promises again, and then um, I caught my fiancé at the time was my boyfriend that he had... Um, Sex with a bunch of hookers behind he, my he, back. He did? <laughs> yeah. Oh Don't God. worry, he's in. Yeah, so. This, so then. this is a different guy? No, this is the guy I'm engaged to now. What? <laughs> Well, it's a sex addiction. I can overlook it. Is he in treatment? Yeah, he's in treatment right All now. Okay. He's a blue tiger. Okay. So, um, but then that made me drink again. They have a sex it didn't make it's me drink. Blue the tiger. Is, yeah, it's in Palm Springs. That kind mm. sound, of sounds sexy. It does. Well, <laughs> I that's, go. So you <laughs> you know. that's I mean, how you get those guys in. That's how you get them in. Yeah,
0: You have to call them to come in.
7: Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. So I mean, uh, not that it made me drink. I can see what the trigger was. I just wasn't strong enough that in that point in my sobriety mm. when that happened. And then things were going well with us again. And then we. There was one other, uh, you know, January sixth. Him and I had gotten in an argument, and I went and sat courtside a Lakers game, and I decided to drink there. And so now my new sobriety date's is January seventh. So I have forty seven days. Do do you guys make much Mm -hmm. of a
1: difference between slips and relapses? With your dealing patients?
7: Um, I do.
0: I do. Because part of slipping is part of reintegration of does this work? No, it doesn't. Does right. this really work? No, it doesn't. And sometimes you have to go through whatever it takes to understand that it doesn't work. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than wondering
7: if alcohol still works for me. Isn't it interesting? It did though- not work. It was actually, like they say, your relapse is usually is worse than it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the disease really does pick up. because. Right. I mean I only had I had five doubles a night mm-hmm. October uh, on November um 10th and at a I Lakers know, game No that no. was this was the first uh, oh, no, that, was, and, that was later But um I normally would not have been in a blackout after two drinks and the behavior I did at this club I was at mm-hmm. I mean was cre- It was nothing like I've ever done before and so it just shows that the alcohol affected me even worse, mm. you know?
0: It does. It, it really does because of the, the way that it affects your, your brain mm-hmm. when you haven't been drinking for quite some time. Yeah. or Or 400 and some days, right? And then you go and you have a couple of doubles yeah. and you go into a blackout.
1: But but you seem much clearer about what you're contending with.
7: With um, with alcoholism. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I have you, no you, doubt you, that you I'm an alcoholic. You, yeah. I, you know, and, and then I understand. I mean, I see... You know, it's like when they say, when your life starts getting too busy or you start getting back all the things you were losing in your disease, which was happening for me. I mean, all the different clubs were, you know, happy with me again. I was doing a great job. I was sober. I was getting booked for things. I stopped going to my meetings. I stopped hanging out with, you know, my best friend, my sponsor. I, I just Was she the one that myself- we met last time? Yes. Yeah, she yeah. was actually going to come today, but yeah.
1: she's sick. She seemed very solid, so.
7: Yeah. She's actually just got uh, 18 months. So. Now, I think we talked a
1: little bit about this last time, but isn't it interesting that a lot of your- Unraveling comes in around
7: relationships. Oh, 100%. I mean, I realized what I was doing too in the last relationship was – I was staying sober as a way to make him proud but then also I became he had a horrible relapse and I started becoming his caregiver Mm. I mean well he wasn't really he was just stayed drunk for months on end and his parents were having me fly up to take care of him to try to get him sober Um, Mm -hmm. you know he'd come stay with me I'd find bottles constantly I got afraid to leave my place because he was walking off and buying alcohol and Uh. uh, you know and then once we split up, which I know was probably the best thing ever for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I would have mm-hmm. listened to you and the people at Promises and mm-hmm. my psychiatrist, I would I would have left him sooner. <laughs> but I didn't listen to anyone. Well, I don't. And,
1: I, I told you to leave.
7: Well, you just said it wasn't a good relationship. Take
1: care of you. Yeah, we might have said so I don't. Oh, I won't. Okay. You didn't it, but, say that. Yeah, yeah you, I won't tell you I live your life. But I would. Say, I knew that you
7: knew it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And plus, I mean, if I would have listened to wait, what is her name again, the psychic. um, Khalees 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 told me on Susan's show that when I kept saying over and over again "Well, what about the guy I'm with now and she's like well this is where it should be for now but she would not (laughs) and I asked her over and over again (laughs) but then the guy that she told me then she told me about another guy um, and that, that I was going to ignore for a couple months, and I wasn't going to be really interested in. Is that this guy? Yeah, and because I, I totally, I met him at a Promises picnic. I, he kept hitting on me, hitting on me, hitting me. I blew him off completely. For months, I would see him at meetings, and he said I would ignore him when he said hi. I don't necessarily believe that. I'm just so social <laughs> that I'm talking to a billion people. That I probably, you know, I had so many friends. And then he was very persistent, like she said he would be, with uh, trying to ask me out. And then finally, after a couple months, I went out with him, and then she even told me that he was going to like fancy things, and she saw me having a good life with him, and um, that I would wonder how I ever lived without him, and and it's it's all come true, what, but I still what, need to make sure this is the right guy, because maybe there's another one that's this is all going to happen well, with, and, and, <laughs> so I really need to go on the show again Let's to confirm say, does, does Mary before Karen... July 7th, before I get married, okay, okay. Mary, it's the
4: most, um, um, just, you never give up on love. No. You never do. No. You're the most emotionally resilient <laughs> after time and time again things going wrong. You just keep
0: trying. Well,
1: You've- I think I've said this before. You're a little you're a lo- love addict. Love addict. I am. Yeah, I was yeah.
0: thinking codependency, a little love yeah. addiction well, there. Well, that's what I give me, I know
1: you hear what it I hear. Is. and So mm-hmm. what? what should she do?
0: Um, well, I'm go always to meetings. Uh, <laughs> well, but mm. go to meetings, but I really think that's looking at an interpersonal sort of structure of a relationship. Um, you know, having a relationship with a therapist who's not codependent, so you can see what it's like to not get enmeshed with people, where you can see where you maintain your autonomy while you're in a relationship with someone and you go alongside them in a parallel way and not in an enmeshed, overly, um, overly, uh, Uh, obsessive kind of way. Yeah, I definitely get obsessed. And so when you get obsessed, it (laughs) clouds your judgment. Mm. And that's what obsession does. No matter what you're obsessed with, it's the exclusion of everything else. So like what you were saying was was like, oh, well, this could happen with another person. I want to make sure (laughs) this one's the right one. And and it's like, you're right, because obsession can come in all kinds of different ways. And you won't know until all that obsession stuff settles down. Mm -hmm. And then you're really looking at does the relationship work on all these different levels to make a partnership? Yes. And that partnership is what you're going to be looking for to move forward into a future sort of relationship, too. he's been in a
7: lot of treatment. He does, what is the EDMR? EMDR. EMDR. He's gone to Promises twice for 90 days. They sent him to the Blue Tiger Place in Palm Springs. Does he have a a
1: drug problem, too?
7: Um, you know what? He had been seven years sober and then he yeah. drank again. Yeah. But we're it's doing. mostly gambling gambling and the prostitutes yeah. are his addictions. We're doing, a lot, addiction. of, we're doing addictions. a lot
4: of promo for Blue Tiger and Promises. <laughs> so let me I just say that Shelley is the director no, of the Bel Air
7: Recovery <laughs> Center. <It's just> <laughs> like, <laughs> my recovery, my life is so promises. You know? But
1: but you've learned so much. It's really impressive. So much yeah, from yeah, it, and I'm glad and you've and seen all the different flavors of kinds of addictions that are out there and sort of paid attention. What
7: is the blue tiger? I mean the only reason I know right now. That my fiance there, so that's all is I know. The, I'm going for a couple. Where does the, the name Tuesday. come from? Is oh, that wow. a part of sex addiction?
4: Yeah.
1: Blue tiger? blue tiger?
4: What does it mean? Like Tiger Mom or what? You no, know, there was Waking the
1: Tiger. There was a famous book by Levine, that uh, Peter Levine, that was about the trauma Maybe stuff. it has
0: nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, maybe the guy thing. who owns it just sounds likes like the color blue ball. and he well, likes maybe tigers. maybe it has nothing to do with that. Are you I sure
7: think. you didn't get the names mixed I would, up and not I had the had bar you're in? No, I would call mine the Pink Pomeranian. I like pink <laughs> and I like Pomeranians. So you know, it sounds
1: like? Maybe, that's what she call it. So maybe I, you like the
5: Blue Tiger. It
1: sounds like Indian imagery. You know, like maybe some Indian, But It feels
7: Japanese know what? Well, when I go there on Tuesday Bob I will ask yeah, them ask why they the Blue name. Tiger say we and I will take make a sure tour to let you know now. Yeah. Let's take a tour I'm going to say now. he doesn't I care about the program he just wants to well, know why Blue Tiger and it's just <laughs> men <laughs> yeah just men just man. and they only yeah. have four to six there at a time and they I mean here's what I don't think is great about the program see it's not a commercial for them is that I find it strange that they have them doing only a 12 day treatment program they are called a 12 day boot camp because to really you know with these sex addictions you, I mean any treatment you really need at least 30 days I think 90 days realistically but
1: they, they, there's not a medical piece, you know what I mean? It's there's just no it, detox. It's hard yeah. to justify hard staying to pay for that because they can talk if they if they stay active in their program on the outside, okay. they should be able to live independently. Yeah. But they've got to do it. See, there is
4: Really like inpatient treatment, don't you? Well,
7: I just think that it takes. You know, if you're a really bad sex addict and you're seeing prostitutes constantly or porn there all are the time, places. It, it takes that will hold a longer. longer time to create a behavioral change. Well, it takes. You know, I, A I think, lifetime, I think. Yeah. That's, Mary, like, but, that's Mary saying I mean, But 90 that. days of treatment <laughs> increases your success rate 50%. And you identify with
1: sex, sex addiction for a while too, right? No,
7: I realized never sex, ed, I love sex addiction. Because sex and
1: love kind of goes together. Yeah. I mean, Florida. well, that's
7: the thing that's... Yeah, I mean, mine was definitely a love addiction. Because yeah. I've discovered that, you know, I will... Get, I don't want to ever just have sex and I, uh, with a random guy. Right, and right. I, and I was discovering when I was doing my radio show a couple of years ago and I did the topic of one night stands because yeah. I just assumed I must have had a plenty of those. I never actually had a one night stand because mine were always, even if I met the guy that night at a bar and had sex with him that night, I ended up dating him or having mm-hmm. a relationship. Mm-hmm. Even the guys I'd meet on the road traveling, I'd fly them out to LA to stay with me. So mine was always around a uh, relationship. It was mm-hmm. never just purely sex. Trying stand. to have and those relation- babies. Relational. No, I was not ever trying to have babies But, but they then. do. They just- <laughs> I wanted, Honestly, ideally, I was like, if I could have a baby at fifty, once my looks are no, you know. Like, time, but, but that's up No, no, not that they go. Women. You know, my fiance is fifty-one and he looks great.
1: Women sort of back back into sex addiction through love addiction, though, Ellen. Yes, no. They, they, so, they, they kind of I come to it that way. And so, all right, no, we we've got to wrap everything up. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, we do. It, it's wow. it's like a, lot a of breath of fast. fresh
4: air that it, comes in. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta become, you gotta get in our fields. You gotta stay sober.
7: Well, I'm going back to go college, to so my, feel like, my fiance wants me to pretty much end the appearances I have lined up, and then because he went, you know, when he went back to college, he didn't even go to medical school till he was like early 30s. You know, Whoa. he didn't Good even. Problem. Yeah, he had dropped is that out of college. That, no. It no,
1: it does happen quite a bit. Yeah, know. he
7: was. He went back to college around 27. Particularly, after having particularly dropped around out and, his
1: age, they liked that. that when the yeah. medical schools liked people that had other life experiences mm. coming into medicine. But he's
7: inspired so. me because you know I already have a degree in theater, so why not? I am I did a lot of psychology classes originally. I was just going to go from. My KDAC, which is a one-year course to be yeah. drug and alcohol. No, go back to school. But I'm just going to go back. It'll probably be two years I have all my core curriculum. Right. And go to Cal State Northridge, and then I can do psychology and try to right. really. Oh, no, so, I think this is an excellent avenue for you. I, was, I, I thought I was too old to go back to school, and then he was just very supportive of that.
1: You guys, thank you so much, and we'll see Ooh. everybody. I
7: love you, Dr. Drew. I, I love you too, Bob. love, love you. We'll see you all next time. <laughs> One
1: of the most crucial components of addiction recovery is accountability. Part of what makes addiction so difficult is the inability to self-regulate. Now, this is especially problematic for those in outpatient recovery or pain management program. And while the facilities require regular urine tests to ensure compliance, frequently the actual tests are not even observed. This led to an epidemic of falsified samples where patients either use someone else's urine or widely available synthetic urine. The result is a lot of addicts carry right on using, undetected, and they get none of the benefits from treatment. The only objective test we have for addiction is the urine screen. Now, recently, I learned about a new solution that virtually eliminates the possibility of faking tests, even in facilities where they are unobserved. This is called ToxProtect a DNA-verified drug test and lab service that provides 100% sample authenticity. ToxProtect was created by Genetox Labs. can be used in place of any standard urine drug test. It starts with simple one-time cheek swab to establish the patient's identity. Once submitted, each subsequent screening uses DNA testing to verify that that sample matches the patient. In addition, ToxProtect screens for a synthetic urine and irregular values that would indicate dilution or other adulteration. In other words, this pretty much guarantees accountability. I'm excited to see this service being used, and I think it, it will significantly improve an addict's chances for successful recovery. I'm going to be talking more about Genetox Labs and ToxProtect on future shows. Thankfully, ToxProtect is being used by more and more facilities every day. Be sure to ask for it by name wherever you or your loved one is receiving care. To get more information or share it with your facilities, go to drdrew.com slash ToxProtect. That is drdrew.com slash ToxProtect.
4: So, Bob, we have a very special guest all right, I'm one of my favorite human beings. Go ahead. Heidi Fleiss is here online with us. Hey, Heidi. Uh, hi, guys. Oh. Hi. How are you, kid?
6: Well, the truth is I do struggle with my addiction. I've watched, I don't know, I'm sure you watch Montana Math and Sheila Nevins' Meth Storm and all that. I do watch those things to horrify myself, but it doesn't. It hasn't happened all the way yet. And then a few months ago, I realized I really don't need to do drugs anymore. I finally have money. I have this and this. And I started to make them some changes to, to get them out of my life forever. Cool. and Awesome. I, I ran into one roadblock uh, to overcome, and then I'll be all right.
1: <laughs> is, is, what, what is motivating you? Why the, the change of heart?
6: I think before I was kind of stressed over money and my future, and handling the stress, drugs is a coping mechanism where you don't have to think about it or stress about it.
4: Uh huh. Anxiety.
1: And,
6: yeah.
1: I always had this fantasy. I have told you this before, Heidi, that you're going to go get like a professional degree or something, or a veterinary degree or training or something. I still, every time I talk to you, I still that fantasy comes to mind for me. Are you thinking you about know, that?
6: You know, when you told me that. I wish I took it seriously because I'd be a doctor right now. Yeah, yeah, you know <laughs> yeah. you would
1: be. That's right. You, I would. but you. But and guess but, what? Guess what? We'll talk four years from now, and it's we could say this. we could say the same thing. That's her right. Dad's a doctor. It's not too her late. Dad was a doctor. But,
6: yeah. but what I'm doing, Drew? It's a higher calling, and I know Martin Luther King was a doctor, and people like, um, like I said, Caesar Chavez, Susan B. Anthony. Do you remember maybe? 25 years ago, I think the girl's name was Jennifer um, Butterfly Hill, and she sat up in a tree. A tree? The, uh, I met
4: that girl. I met that girl. Wow. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We're getting an internet
6: and, the, and injustice. I'm sorry. Did, your technical difficulty? Yeah,
4: technical no. difficulty. So okay. the, the girl that, that lived up okay, in the, the tree to the save tree. it. Okay. Right.
6: She was a teenager. Her name was Butterfly. So she sat yeah. up in a, like an old oak tree, and she stopped you know, a huge corporation of logging people, she saved the forest. And I always thought about that to be at her age, 14, 15, and sit up in a tree two years. That's hardcore. And that's admirable. And that really stood out in my mind when I heard about it, even though I was a teenager. And what I'm doing is, is the same kind of journey. It's something that is not popular. Um, If someone told me, Heidi, you know, your friend, whatever, they're saving captive macaws right now, I'd be like, what a kook. What a weirdo. (laughs) Like, you know, you know, it just sounds so weird, but it's a problem. And you want to know my
4: take, Heidi? I've known you a long time. You want to know my take on why it is? You are truly a compassionate person. I know I know most people don't know you. They just know what they read in the papers or know about you in in the situation you were in. I know you and you have as much compassion and empathy as I do, but you have contempt for humanity. I do. Be-
6: and that's a bad combo. It's, it's a bad combo. I think, I think humanity's toxic it's waste. It's not. I There's that, goodness everywhere. I think the <laughs> planet can't sustain the population. I think that... You know, I, I think that there's nothing humanity contributes the planet benefits by except for this destruction. You proved like my point. So, them. Drew, add that up
4: for us. Yeah. And she's now found something to put her compassion towards which are the birds. No,
6: I haven't found it. I Bob, I don't want these birds are so horrible. It's not. Glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. They're annoying. It's so hard. They are but scary
4: I, sometimes.
6: I I cannot go on with my life and not – someone has to try and change this. But we were at this point five
4: years ago. Well, change what?
6: They can't – you can't take these birds and put them in cages and they live 80 years. You can't do it. It you, You just can't do it. In a society that's so divisive and so hateful, what
4: do you do with your compassion towards others? You can focus on children, like I have been. I just want to help children and be around kids. But why would
6: and- I? A lot of people do that. No one helps these birds. These birds need they they need help. What I, Bob, what I encounter uh, every um, is not, it's so painful. Well, I'm scared it,
4: you're going to get so famous with it that every person who wants to dump a bird dumps them on you. Sure.
6: Well, hopefully one day I'll have be have a setup where that would be okay. When people bring up the dolphins and the whales. I, I say, uh-uh, uh I'm about the captive macaw, and I'm not trying to rescue the species at all. And I'm not trying to reintroduce them to the wild. No. The ones that are languishing, I'm sorry, in, in detached structures and, and these void lives uh, stripped of all their dignity are the ones that I'm trying to change.
1: What do you think it is about this particular species that, that attracts you the way it does? It's I
6: think probably because I hated the cage. First, I thought it, was, it had to do with my prison, Drew. And then I realized it has to do with my mind. That the thought of living my whole life in one spot would be so awful, Drew. Imagine if you lived your whole life just in one
4: spot. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of Americans Living in prisons for the rest of their lives. Do, do the
1: drugs lock you in or let you free? I mean, well, I'm trying to figure well, out.
6: Okay, when I was 19, I lived in, in a, outside of Geneva in France in a chateau, maybe 14th century chateau. And there was a little village called Seysel where the the uh, a river ran through the little town. And it was one of those cool, like old stone village, but it was generation after generation after generation. Lived there, and I thought, "How come no one built a rowboat or a raft and just went down the river? How come they just know they're going <laughs> to?" She's she wants to go and, outside. And what, outside. And
1: what answer? The bird wants to go outside. What answer did you imagine? Yeah.
6: Uh, uh, I think that, and I thought, like, how come? No, what they wouldn't build a raft or, yeah. or just go and leave the village? Yeah, know, leave the village. What
1: would you conclude?
6: That some people have that mind to leave the village, and some people don't.
1: Okay, and what are you?
6: I couldn't stay in that village. (laughs) No, there's the whole world out there.
1: But but it's strange to me that you ended up in a desert.
6: You know, this is this that is just you know I I can change that at any time now. But that's only because it was for the sex business because it's legal here. I
1: see. Okay, so So that's not about the desert.
6: And I was too high to realize to buy a property. In Los Angeles. So I spent $500,000 on some property here back then. And I made a lot of money from Bitcoin right now. From From Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Yeah.
1: You did. Get out.
6: Get out. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I I did. I bought in at $600.
4: $600?
6: Yeah. And to to save myself, it's the smartest thing and stupidest thing in one. This is what I did. I bought in at six hundred. I don't know what made me research it and do it, and then because <laughs> I I was concerned about my future, and also I because of my addiction gambling, and my Uh-oh. and my uh, soft heartness, what I'm doing with the birds, I had to put the money away from me. So a friend in New York I've known twenty years, of course, but I didn't know the count was going to go to over four million in ten months, and so I have some issues with her, but. That'll be worked out legally.
4: So let me ask you this. One of, one of the questions my father-in-law asked the other day, and I didn't have the answer to, what do you buy Bitcoins with? American dollars, okay, this, Chinese this what, yen? How do, explain, you, how do you get in? I'm gonna, Does anybody I'm gonna know? i to explain
6: really easy Bitcoin. Okay, don't think of it as a currency. Think of it as a software like iOS, like Android, yeah, or Microsoft. Like when you buy Microsoft, every time you buy your – it's already built in the computer, and you're already paying for it. So that's how you're buying Microsoft. When you buy Bitcoin, you, it's the easiest way. You, I'm going to send you some by email, Bob, Andrew, okay. uh, on Coinbase. When you register, you link your bank account, and you can buy and sell it uh, the way you want.
4: Do you know about it, but, Drew? What's that? My son does a little bit. Does he? Yeah.
1: And this, so- is
6: interesting, this is what's interesting about the cryptocurrency. There are whole system's going to change the wall like to me wall street and all that stuff it's old technology it's archaic people are based on profit and losses quarterly earnings if you're on the blockchain book you can't cook the books you can't have those crooked books that you know that that uh documentary did you see it on herbal life mm-hmm. did you guys I'm watch not, it at I all did, here i
1: didn't i familiar with it okay
6: yes yeah. Okay, well, Herbalife, you're aware, it's a fraud, right? It's not a real product. It's a pyramid scheme. It's based. Herbalife is, is based on getting... So yeah, many people to,
4: are involved in the pyramid scheme. Well, I see yeah, all the bumper well, that's stickers. Why
6: <laughs> the, that's why it's going under right now, because there's not enough people on the planet to sustain it. It's based on getting your family and friends to sell more Herbalife. That's how you make money on Herbalife. Yeah, it's not some product that, de- that it's like it's something you would buy at, um, at the dollar store. It's like sugar and some fake stuff. You know, it's not. There's nothing beneficial in Herbalife. It, really? it's like
4: a- I thought it was like a whole food you could eat. Bruce, you want to chime in? Are you on
6: Herbalife?
2: No, I know about Bitcoin. My- <laughs> oh, you I've do. I bought some Bitcoin
6: before. Oh, you did. Okay, you bought the Bitcoin. So you know about Bitcoin. Well, so people say, "Oh, Bitcoin's uh, a fraud, a pyramid scheme." No, Herbal. It's not a pyramid scheme because that's Herbalife multi-level marketing. It's based on bringing your family and friends in to make more money. And then if it was, um, you know, a Ponzi scheme, that's borrowing from Mastercard to pay Visa. You know, like Bernie um, Madoff. You know, he borrowed from one investor to pay the other. Bitcoin is exactly what it says it is. It's a blockchain technology.
1: I would just say the one, one thing I would say is that. Uh, I showed this article to my son about Sir Isaac Newton, who bought into the South Sea, uh, organization the South Sea Bubble, the right. South Sea Company. He bought into it and made a ton of money, and then got out and was very happy. But his friend stayed in and made a lot more money. So he got back in and made a lot more money and then lost Almost everything. everything. Right.
5: Sir
4: Isaac Okay, but this Newton. isn't a bubble. Sir Isaac so, Newton. This is not a bubble, Drew. Let's, let's talk about meth. So I knew Heidi before okay, wait, the wait, wait, meth. Wait. I knew we, Heidi we, before we, the we, meth. Bitcoin, this wait. is not
6: because when of meth. meth? No, this is I how know. she wait, is. No, I know. It's Heidi wait,
1: What's the hustle? Wait, before meth, listen.
6: Before meth. Before meth, one thing. Okay, since Bitcoin's Inception. Inception. Every year, it's beat out every other investment. Real estate, gold, anything else, it's beat it out, except for one year when Mount Gox went under, and there that's right. a, a reason I, why I would just
1: argue that Tulips did as well in, in 1642.
6: No, 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 no. But this is a real technology. The blockchain technology is being implemented. Okay. I know.
1: Blockchain. I understand. Yeah. I think the
10: issue with it is if
6: the it's scalability
10: re- it's going to be right but it's going to be regulated the SEC wants to regulate it as a security because it represents more of a security than a currency yeah. and if they do that then there are tax, co- tax issues yeah. so
6: what pay, so what pay the taxes who care? pay your taxes who cares right well when
10: the SEC gets involved I think it becomes a lot more complex but that's I
1: don't think it's going to go away but how it could be out by then so yeah. I- I so,
4: yeah. so, so, anyways what you got to understand is everybody's going to be seeing this about the birds and about the b- b- Bitcoin and Bernie Madoff and Herbalife and think it's meth no this is how Heidi is, and I think she needs to embrace who she is and stop the drugs and just be heidi what what is wrong with that heidi be,
1: be I would argue because there that her disdain for humanity creates a hole, and the birds you don't need, fill it you need there's, people. Pain. there's
6: pain it's because I'm like when I see those saw it, picked up those birds and the pain of seeing these two birds that loved each other that were padlocked three feet apart, one was fed deprived of natural sunlight till it went blind and fed only sunflower seeds till it went blind it, it just that someone here you are drew you and your wife and bob you guys you're going to fancy dinners you're buying fancy cars and your fancy stuff and these two birds are sitting in a dungeon just they're hurting
4: but they had and you but, but they no had you but here's it. the thing and there's human beings that are living in dungeons and all this kind of stuff and we're trying you try to do what you can where you are with what you've got, and you rescued them. That's the beauty of the world.
6: Oh, this makes it worse. Someone captured these from the wild, I don't know, 50 years ago to make money. All That's the part but, that but makes But if, if
1: humanity is such a waste, what about your contribution to those birds?
6: Yeah, it's
4: valuable. It has value. I think about it a lot. I, you remember when I was out there with you and I went to the thrift store near your house and I bought a chest of drawers. I still have it, it's in my bedroom. Every time oh, I come yeah, we by that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. I look at it, I think of Heidi's out there with those birds and she's fighting the good fight. There's something that enriches us all <laughs> yeah. that you're fighting the good fight for the birds and I'm fighting the good fight for the drug addicts. And
1: but but I think I, Heidi needs. Oh. I think you need people more than you think, Heidi.
4: You know the the birds. the Perump Country Club. We had the Forrest family reunion there about 25 <laughs> years ago at the Perump Country Club. All my uncles just sat at slot machines, just smoking cigarettes yeah. and playing. <laughs> Yeah. It was the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life. I, I'm telling you, out here, it's Velveeta
6: cheese and Wonder Bread. Uh-huh. There's no, the architecture is a manufactured home.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> and that's where you chose to live. Wow.
5: You've
4: got $4 million in bitcoins, and that's where you're yeah. living. No, 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 no. It was, I
6: was really high at the time, obviously. Because <laughs> I didn't realize, I mean, I didn't realize, whatever, in 2000 six or seven when I bought out here that I could have bought an $800,000 house in LA or something and and bought my birds there. I could have bought it right outside of LA I didn't have to move here but I
9: just wasn't <laughs> thinking clearly then
4: well Heidi Fleiss the lady of Perump, Susan you want to invite her back right now
1: yeah
9: we want you to come back but we're going to get you a better mic <laughs> yeah we're going to get a mic <laughs> <laughs> alright I love Nades, you I'm going to get your phone Nades, number nice talking to you guys
6: Nades, okay Nades, Heidi Nades, talk Nades, soon and I would <laughs> do celebrity rehab for free okay v- visit, <laughs> visit <laughs> us visit
1: us out here when you're out here alright
5: alright
6: okay. alright we'll see nice you time. Time.
1: okay bye
5: you
1: <laughs> And our very special guest today, we have Stephen yes. Adler and his mom, Deanna Adler. Deanna. And right now, we're just going to talk behind Stephen's back for a minute with Deanna. Her new book is called "Sweet Child of Mine." I have it in my hand. It is uh, an extraordinary. Uh, I, I I was had Deanna on my KBC program about a week ago, and was uh, frankly deeply moved talking to you. Uh, I was. Oh, thank you. Uh, from from, do you know why?
9: No, I don't know why. Well, well, I know that Stephen is a success story for you,
1: which is help, which makes me feel good. But you are a success story, not because of me. Yeah. I, you did a lot of work; I could tell.
9: I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know, uh, Deanna. When you know, has had to deal with Stephen forever, and the, the distortions, and the you know, it's hard, it's painful to have a child with addiction. Oh, it's scary. Alan on, and on. Yeah, Alan on.
9: You want to hear something funny? My daughter in law, Carolina. She kept saying to me, go to Al-Anon, go to Al-Anon. Finally, I went to a meeting. She took me to a meeting. And uh, so I walked out of there. And it made me feel so much better because in reality, I don't have it so bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, you I be don't bad, yeah. have
9: it so bad. It can because, be really bad. Yeah, yeah
1: like Your kid's alive for one you thing. Be, you, you could be
4: married to him.
9: That's, <laughs> right. That's exactly right. But not just that. But I just listened to these mothers talking. And I said, oh, my God. And I just so I started going to Al Anon meetings, and sometimes Stephen makes me to go to makes me go to AA meetings, so I could understand because I'm not I don't well I don't have an addictive personality, so mm. I don't understand why do you take something that's bad for you? Mm. I mean I would never take anything that's bad for me. Explain, Bob. Well, it just seems like it's a good idea at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: it, it's it, it's a it's a brain thing. It's a yeah. distortion, right? Yeah. It's going to solve problems, but it creates problems. And right. In the moment, you don't see the create problems part. You're only concerned with solving problems. Right. Uh, and even when you know it's not going to solve a problem, there's a part of your brain saying, do that no matter what. Just do and that. And then way.
4: even when you know it's causing most of your problems, you'll say, yeah, but it's also the thing preventing me from feeling the problems that it's causing. It's just crazy. It's craziness. Yeah.
9: On the way over here, my, I'm with my son, Jamie, and my son, Stephen. And they were talking, and Jamie was saying how he has a friend that does the craziest thing that he like he doesn't grow up because mm-hmm. he takes drugs. Right. So Stephen started explaining to J- Jamie how when they first when you first start taking drugs, they'd be eleven or twelve years that's old. That's where you stop. And that's and and Stephen is telling. Jamie, Jamie this. <laughs> this is
1: blowing oh, I, my mind me right? too right <laughs> I mean, now you know why i was so moved. you're,
9: you're not going to believe it when you see Stephen uh, and how he is i stay at his house you think for one minute that if anything bad was going on in his house i would stay there mm. forget it mm. i stay there for months at a time i do because he's such a nice guy and he's so kind he's and so, so generous and yeah. so sweet and he really is he always has been yeah
5: and,
1: and so you were but some of the stuff that she talks about in this book now first of all People, I think, remember on Celebrity Rehab when Deanna came in and visited Stephen and he threw the chair and talked about distortions, right. about you. He had all these memories of you throwing him out on the street and stuff There were distortions. Does he still cop to that or does he still adhere to that?
9: I'll tell you a little story. Cause, cause her,
1: story her story was, how can I three out at 11? What about your bar mitzvah? Two years yeah,
9: later? How did we don't give don't you
1: a
5: bar mitzvah?
9: I <laughs> don't understand what he's talking about.
1: <laughs> I wish I'd known no. that then.
9: Well, yeah, because yeah. you believe what he tells you. I, I don't know what I don't to believe. Wh- when people Listen. are in
1: their disease, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, I, you can't, you can't uh, but believe I, But I know, I know not to say no to somebody because yeah. I need to engage them. You know what I mean? Oh, so. well, <laughs> talk, talk about some of the stories you were mentioning. In the well, book, you were I've known of...
4: Stephen this whole time, probably since 83 or something. Just the sweetest guy and and sweet and naive kind of, right? That's how I would say oh. he was at 20, Right. right.
9: The, uh, what I wanted to say was the story. This is a different story about being on celebrity rehab.
4: Mm.
9: About six months later, after me, I must have been on the, on the show for maybe 20 seconds on, on, on the screen. And I'm standing in, in, in Las Vegas and I'm at a buffet. A man and a woman and a little old lady in a wheelchair. <laughs> Did I tell you the story? No. <laughs> a little old lady, a little old lady in a wheelchair with white hair. She must have been eighty years old. And this couple, about in their forties, so they're staring at me. I'm with some friends, and I sent to my, I said to my uh, friends, I says, "What are they looking at me for? I don't know who these people are." Well, eventually they walked over to me, and they said, "Mrs. Adler," I says, "Yes." and they said to me they saw me on celebrity rehab i says how can you recognize me after 6 months <laughs> i was on screen for 20 seconds and you know who i am
8: <laughs> <laughs> and they said
9: oh we'll never forget that we'll never forget you oh my and then he, then they started telling me how much they love steven yeah. And how wonderful he is. And how he he's the reason that I started playing the drums. Oh, and, wow. You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> the, same, the same stories, you know. And I said, thank you so very much. I says, when I call Stephen tonight, I will tell him that I met you. Then he gives me his card. And I, he was either an electrician or a plumber. I don't remember. He says, Mrs. Adler, whenever you need some help, just call me. No charge. I says, wow. I says, thank you very much. And then he walks away. And he comes, a few minutes later, he comes back. And he says, Mrs. Adler, you're not the meanest mother in the world. (laughs) She is. <laughs> <laughs> the little old lady in the wheelchair with the white hair. And I said, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And that's a true story. Yeah, She's, you're not the meanest mother in the world. She is. <laughs> so.
1: what, what are some of those stories, Bobby, you were looking at going, oh, well, well, I was there for that and I was well, there the for thing
4: I, I'm sure you remember when he left the band, right? That week, I was around that week. Yeah. Because, as you know, a lot of the people didn't, we're worried, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Duff and Slash, most importantly. And so I was sober at the time. So I got nominated to try to just be with him and make sure he doesn't hurt himself or, you know. And I remember going over that old house in Studio City off Sunshine or whatever that he had. Mm -hmm. He was just sitting in a chair, crying, watching Guns N' Roses videos. Mm. And I just, like, all my codependency and my... You know, it's just like, what do you do? Wow. You know, and that he survived that is amazing. Well, now when it's he a was testimony to, to how, how resilient, resilient drug yeah. addicts are. Yeah.
9: When he was uh, thrown out of the band, we didn't know about it. We didn't know what was going on because he wasn't in touch with us. You know, Because oh, okay. it was a shame. You know, we would see him occasionally, but we didn't know that he was getting thrown out of the band. And so we're seeing watching the MTV Awards show. And I'm sitting there with my husband and my youngest son, Jamie. That's how you found out he was out of yeah. the band? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Axel says Stephen Adler is not in the band anymore because he takes drugs. Oh, my God. So I said to myself, look who's calling the camera <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, really. And okay. so I got up out of my chair. I'll never forget this. I got up out of my chair, walked out the door, walked around the block, and came back in the house. And I told my husband, I can't go to work tomorrow. He says, what are you talking about? You can't go to work. And I says, I can't go to work because everybody now knows that my son's not in the band and he's a drug addict because I always denied it. I was in denial. Yeah. So. Um,
1: First time a rock and roller's has ever been a drug addict. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sort of shocked everybody.
9: Because we we were so naive and yeah. we didn't know anything. We really didn't know yeah, anything. And yeah. in reality, we don't want to know anything. Of course. You know? Of course. And so I and my husband says, you're going to go to work tomorrow. And I promise you, nobody's going to say one bad word to you. Yeah. He's right, and he was right. Mm-hmm. Not one person—I worked as a waitress at this deli, and not one person said one wrong word to me. From that day forward, they—but again, they never asked about Stephen again. I sure
1: felt bad for you, if anything. I was I so hurt for you.
9: If you have a son that's a drug addict, maybe ten people know. But 30 million plus know that my son's a drug addict. No. Book <laughs> is Wait a sweet a child minute. of
1: mine. He's coming in, yeah. He's
9: very handsome, my son. I know. As you well know. And look at this. Look, 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 look at this. <laughs> oh, hey, buddy. This
1: How are you, man? <laughs> what's, he, what's he showing you, Bob? Bob, put your headset on. I can't hear you. Can right Fantastic.
4: Right Holy moly. Stephen Adler bearing uh, gifts.
1: No, very nice. There you are. It's on. It's on now. Agreements. now. you can. This
4: is Tom Brady's favorite book.
1: Is that right? Yeah. So, Stephen.
11: I you, can't hear you. How, how about <laughs> the transformation good, of Stephen
4: Adler? How about your
11: mom? She's wonderful. Oh, my she, God. We both have grown so much. I, I, I told you, I talked
1: to you on the phone the other day, yes. and I was just i was moved by her. And, um, and the more I talked to her, the better it gets. I, there's
11: no holes Every, in the story. Every day right? life gets better. That's op- the whole objective, is to have a better day than yesterday. I'm so proud of my mother. The book is and, great. And I'm so thankful uh, that's just a part of my life, and that I'm being able to be a part of her life, and we're going to enjoy life together. Tell us about this book you with us. Uh, the book I got you guys is okay. You know, I I, I fully support AA, um, and that is definitely a way to get started. But I've been practicing this book called The Four Agreements by Juan Miguel Ruiz, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 AA takes you. Gives you a start. This book has helped me become the person I used to be before I had an abusive relationship well, with life that I, was kicking my
1: ass. I, I actually don't disagree with, well, with don't Stephen. Disagree. Yeah, yeah. You don't need
11: to be on drugs either. Well, no. We always call
1: it what Bob and I always sort of call is like real re- full recovery. Yeah. You know, AA gets you into recovery, but yes. full recovery is up to you. Many, yeah. Many you know, making an directions. effort. Well, it sometimes means different kinds of therapies. It sometimes means some spiritual something. It sometimes yeah. means a career something. Whatever it takes. Yeah, it's it, but it, but it's what interests us in, in treating addicts is return – well – Become more than you knew you could be. You, you flourish in a way you didn't expect, right? Oh,
11: it, I never thought I'd be this happy. My life has done a complete one eighty. All right, a one seventy nine because I do. <laughs> I still enjoy smoking a little pot. Which the, last the, time I said that on your show. Uh, my wife, Carolina, says that the internet, people are saying all this. Hey, I used to drink rubbing alcohol with Gatorade, mixed with Gatorade, okay? I smoke a little weed. Who cares? The, not, not only that, but, but the, your your mom told me a story
1: that made my head spin, too. She goes, well, my daughter-in-law, Carolina, took me to an Al-Anon meeting. I'm like, what? Yes. What? Yeah, she
11: goes to I, meetings
1: I, NAA meetings. I, I heard the whole story, but yeah. the fact that Carolina is the one now bringing other people into twelve. Yeah, vegan. She's
11: one hundred percent vegan. Here? No, no, please say hi for us. If of we, course, you know, hi, she, Mama. She,
1: she suffered much like
11: your mom. <laughs> well, she your she illness. suffered terribly. Yeah, your illness. I mean, she a lot was right there. Yeah, a lot of pain. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mean to. I mean, your illness. I didn't say you. Yeah, yeah, no, your no. illness. The, did. I didn't mean to, but the, I was sick. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's the same sickness as, as if I had asthma. Or diabetes, but people don't think of it that way. I mean, I'd I go. I go <laughs> home now. <Yeah. laughs> I yeah. let Stephen talk. I'm done. No, it's just, it's just, <laughs> My work here is done. When you drink <laughs> and do and, and and take drugs and, and do whatever, yeah. you're not a rational person.
4: Did he rehearse in your garage when they were no, kids? No, no, he didn't, he didn't no. have a garage. No,
11: they had a U-shaped garage. I want to hear about the Tupperware party.
9: He was, well, how old were you? 12? 11, Someone, 12. 11, 12 years old, <laughs> and he and I'm having a Tupperware party, <laughs> and he comes into the house. And he walks in the house, and he vomits right in front of everybody.
11: <laughs> and then and walk away into my bedroom. Yeah.
9: And so I said to my, I said to my friends, I says, Oh my God, he must have the flu. <laughs> denial again. <laughs> denial again. I
11: threw up six old English 800s. Okay. Smell <laughs> like I mean, beer. Smell like malt that's liquor. That's not a flu. Okay? <laughs> and, and so I said, that's a must, sickness. Okay? <laughs> he must
9: have the flu. I told my friends.
11: Yeah. Denial. I love spell denial. The, could you smell the malt liquor?
9: You want to know something? It was so many years ago. I don't remember.
11: Yeah. I, my dad used to smoke cigarettes. I don't even remember smelling anything. Yeah, it yeah. was that long ago. But I know I used to say, "Please don't do it." And then now I do. But we got we got to get that next. Yeah, I'm, I'm, t- yeah, I'm trying. Do everything. the gum or something? Get trying. I do, yeah, I got, you got the gum. Well, yeah, give it. me a piece of gum. Before I go <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. I'd rather you do that. On what the, is that? Yeah, it's, even it's, if it's some of the time. The problem with this gum is you go through the withdrawal just trying to open it. Yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> so crap. <laughs> your
1: mom is. Your mom now has her book. Do we wear this? The four. Uh, well, he gave day? me
9: the book. He bought me the book, and I read it. I have it right next to my bed. You're reading and, it, and I read it, it I, every you? day. I read it every is it, day. Is it helping you? Does it help me? It makes me feel better. Let's put it that oh. way. I don't have any uh, guilt about anything. I like he said I, what would you
5: say news? to
4: moms that feel guilty or that, shame would well, shame led is her to thing. believe that they're responsible for their adult children having addiction or, or
1: or they feel like somehow they are or should be responsible
4: because that's the thing that binds the illness yeah you know it well, keeps uh, you sick
9: now that i know more and i see that my son he's alive he's he's good he's well it's not my fault what he did and yeah. I know that. And it took me an awful long time to realize that it's not my fault.
11: Exactly. I didn't
9: teach them to drink. I didn't teach them to do drugs. I didn't teach them anything like that. Yeah. And Nobody every- in my
11: family drank or yeah. did drugs.
9: Everybody is responsible for themselves. Yeah.
4: Drew, zero in on what I'm trying to describe because I know you can put it in a way that's easily understandable. No,
5: I,
11: I,
9: people
4: are getting blamed for other people's problems. Well, because it's
11: easy to blame somebody else for your problems. A misery loves company. Hell, it's not my fault. If people would be just more honest and open up more, it would be so much easier. I, I would argue, though, that you, you're, you're all
1: right. You're right. Everyone's correct. But what Bob's talking about is sort of a new phenomenon. and And I would argue it is
4: dangerous i think no no no
1: but it's also disrespectful and demeaning yeah. to the addict mm-hmm. to to for a parent to have the grandiosity to assume that anything that's happening to their child is all about them
9: can i say something yeah yeah all those years that stephen was mm-hmm. on drugs he used to curse in me i mean terrible terrible words but i was Boy. always there for him I, was, I never stopped loving him because I knew that it wasn't Stephen that was doing that. It was the drugs that was doing that, not Stephen. Stephen Adler has to be the, you know, the nicest person you ever want to meet.
11: I'm the coolest guy you yeah. ever going to meet. I know. But it's, so
9: when he's being mean to me and he's pushing me around and he's, and he's saying terrible things to me and he, he doesn't talk to me, you know, he stops talking for months and months and months, it's not him. It's not my son. It's the drugs, yeah. and you have to realize that. And I finally realized that.
4: Well, I think
1: yeah. that. What, but but, what, but hang on though. But you assumed the shame for his illness.
9: Oh God, I was so ashamed. Right. I in denial ashamed but
1: what do you say to parents that are sort of in that same mindset
9: All right, stop it already <laughs> <That's what we laughs> say. stop it's it
1: it's hard to get them to do you
9: know, so that's part of the four, agreements. Stop, of the four agreements stop it's it already stop it's so it. easy
11: to, to, you know to, you, you hear it you read the book it's like, it's like reading a Sesame Street book it's so basic it's so under, easy to understand but it's so hard to do Deanna Adler has relinquished her mic I'll
1: tell you to whom in a second but I want to remind people again Sweet Child of Mine is the book uh, it was written with the help of Lawrence Spagnola. And so Larry is here with us. Larry, thank you. welcome to the program. It's an honor and, to be and here. And Jamie is here as well, uh, Stephen's brother. Hey, Doc. And uh, we brought Lawrence in for many reasons. Uh, he is not only the author of Deanna's book, but also
10: Stephen's book, which uh, got the whole ball rolling Appetite for Destruction nine years ago. We came out with that, and it was a bestseller, and we were very fortunate to reach a pretty wide audience. And it was because of that that uh, I think it paved the way for Deanna to write an even broader treatment of, of what happened with the opiate addiction and her dealings not just with Stephen but with the entire band. Did you know?
1: Did you know the? the magnitude of her recovery when you launched into this? Did you understand how much progress she had made, or did you learn that in the course of it, or did did it keep happening during the book writing?
10: It actually was, yeah, it was evolving. Yeah, I mean, we literally writing. finished this book, Dr. Drew, and then within a six-month period, the Dr. Kornfeld incident came up, tying Prince in with Stephen, <laughs> and then GNR reunited. Now, in addition to these guys' books, Deanna's and Stephen's, you wrote Rodney King's book, too. That was a... Uh... A wonderful opportunity to get to know somebody really well who he had patiently waited, doctor, for every politician, every cop, everybody that was involved in that incident to put out their book and get on their talk show, and then he wanted the last shot. And so even though it took 20 years, I believe he does have the final word on it. And what he wanted people to know more than anything else was that he himself – kind of rose above his body that night and saw himself getting beaten. He, thought he, gonna he, had an OBE. he yeah. thought he was going to die. He told me he thought he was going to die. And then he doesn't know how he got sucked back in, but that's what kept yeah. him going. Jesus. And that's when he, uh, he had a pulse. But it's amazing how much abuse he took. And whenever we'd even just gather to have lunch, he continually would shift in his seat because he had just had so much trauma to well, his Steve, joints. Steve got to know. Well,
1: running. I... I <clears throat>
11: We were roommates Impeccable with your speed Oh yeah no, no. He told me <laughs> yeah. Many times He said I had every right To have my ass beat He said he was on PCP He was drinking and driving And on PCP He says he would pull over The cops would go behind him He'd pull over And then he'd walk up to his car And he would take off And just You know Speed off down the street, Not even watching You know Bumping other cars uh. He says he was wasted He said he was a total prick to him he said he totally. He said everybody thinks that yes, it was terrible. He got beat up, but he was all, "You don't understand what an asshole I was to them." <laughs> well, okay, I, 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 if you're an asshole to cops, you're gonna so get bad, your beat. He, he didn't deserve <laughs> what
1: he got. He, he didn't. He, he deserved to be restrained. Yeah, but and and I saw. We saw. Saw Rodney drunk. He he's a scary dude. Yeah, yeah. he's, he's the nicest big, guy on earth. Big scary. He's the nicest guy on the planet. Yes, when he's sober. Yes. I asked him what
10: uh, was the most important thing about him getting. This book written, and he said, uh, "Not that I live on, but that my words do. That I'm have, long after I'm dust and in the ground, people are going to remember." Can't we all get along? Yeah. Well, Bob and I were heartbroken. when
1: We lost Rod He's
11: isn't a isn't that from the Wizard of Oz? can we all just get, get along? <laughs> Sounds like it should have been. There's no so, place like home. No, no, Okay, that's it. <laughs>
1: so so no like in <laughs> addition to Deanna bearing witness to your, your illness, Jamie had to live through a bit, too. Well, right? yeah, well, he, he
11: went through a little Jamie and I white used to have, experience
1: himself. Well, I understand, but, but Jamie and I used to have many conversations about you. And, and, before and, you guys ever met. Yeah, well, was well, it
12: before fun. even? Before they, you guys met. Is you, that of right? Course. Is that we were? Because t- we I mean, used to get on the phone. And we thought he wants to come in, and you're like, yeah. "Are you sure?" And then the first time you came and met us, I think it was in Canoga Park. We had that house, like yeah. in Woodland Hills or something. Yeah, I just
11: remember us. I, I shared with you your
12: fear. Definitely, that's what I remember. But
11: tell him why you got sober.
12: Um, I don't know. why That's a good question, uh, to have a better life. Me,
11: no, you told me that how can I have oh, your yes. brother mm-hmm. put in there and say my brother's this, my brother's that, and try and get him help yes. when I'm
12: doing drugs too. Yeah. I remember actually bef- when I called Dr. Drew, we were going to meet up maybe two weeks later, and at that time I was using. Mm-hmm. And I, the, time I the, the first time I talked to Dr. Drew, I didn't pick up after that. And I even told Dr. Drew when he came up to the house, I said, he says, are you sober? I said, well, I've been sober for the last two weeks because I didn't want to be a, uh, what's the word it I called? Hypocrite. I've a hypocrite. A hypocrite. Well, I I forgotten be- that for this <laughs> yeah. moment.
1: I remember you telling me that. And, and uh, yeah. I just want to know what I was walking into. I did, right. I, were you using two or not? We need to get right. you know, well, I wasn't using not at that time. Name. No, but I, I just couldn't tell what was going on. It was R- a pretty
11: chaotic scene. Oh. It was chaotic. <laughs> it was a I pretty was kidnapped. kidnapped. Yeah, we kidnapped me. the guy. My mom and dad had these gang members uh, and the Crips
12: I uh, the Crips could them and they, they, they took well, all that, my money well, well, that they would give
11: me dope. they would give me better crack than I was smoking <laughs> they were giving me better pills than I was getting more of everything it was like this one kid would pull fucking painkillers out of his ass literally I go dude you got any painkillers yeah here you go <laughs> hand, it was like always it was like it, it was oh, non-stop they had me the longer that they kept me the longer they were going to get paid Wow, and my mom was paying them thousands of dollars a week. So every the longer they had me, yeah, and all they did was get me high. And then when I tried to get my own drugs, they would they, they handcuffed me and leg cuffed me to the staircase, you know, the railing on the staircase. And I pooped my pants. They left me there for like two hours. I didn't know anything about it. Oh me, my Wait, God! Is this in
12: the book, Larry? Because that sounds like a movie right there. Yeah, I think we need to come oh, no. out the a movie. I, I, Seven
10: separate parts in the book where Stephen hits such rock bottom that you have to just say he's going to die or he's got to get into but,
11: rehab. But no, rehab, for one, doesn't do anything unless you want it to. Right. Two, nobody can make you change unless you want to
4: or you're in jail. What's you're what? in jail. I can a, make I you I got change. a good one, Drew. I'm going to tell you. So I don't know what year it was. 90s or whatever. 93, so I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I drove him to the airport. I booked him to go to Hazelden. Uh-huh. I had the guy. He knows what he looks like sitting at the airport. Somehow Stephen doesn't get off the plane, stays on the plane and somehow New how York did you City. get out? And He en- ended up in New York. <laughs> For
11: two weeks. Two, three weeks.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> One way airplane but to Minneapolis he he stayed on the plane until he knew that the and people would go away and wow. then
11: got off and then but, got off and went to New York <laughs> I, I went to some club people but, but, recognized me and did drugs for like three weeks and came home but, but this is the this, uh, your poor mom's getting anxious hearing these stories right <laughs> oh she knows everything yeah, give,
1: yeah. Give, give her the headset hold on we were having to pass the mic around because there's so many of us in the room right now we have four mics and-
9: one time I took Stevens to the airport And I says, you know what? I'm going to stay here till the plane takes off. (laughs) And everybody gets on the plane. And lo and behold, Stephen jumps off the plane just before they're going to take off. off. And so so I'm there. So he's surprised that I'm there. He thinks I'm dropping him off. And then I'm going to go in the car and go home. I said, Stephen, what are you doing? And he was so mad at me because he saw me. And I just took him right back home.
11: Well, the yeah. addict was mad. Yeah. I, I feel like... Because he, I, I I've wasted so much money going to treatment centers when I knew I was only going to stay two or three days. I was doing it to... Make what, everybody what, else happy. Exactly. Yeah. Appease you? Appease. Appease, appease. Everybody.
9: Yeah, that's what
1: everybody. he used to tell me. And I'm sure Steve, you heard many times, Stephen, what are you doing? Um, and
9: the reason he said he was doing these things was to appease well, me. Well, he was right. He was being honest.
1: Yeah. yeah. He was being
11: honest. That's being, what he was being doing. Being an addict and, and getting any... Help whatsoever is all about being honest. Okay.
9: One t- the time that Stephen was fil- uh, kidnapped, <laughs> I said, s- <laughs> wait a minute. By the way, before I say anything else, you see these two handsome guys? Yes. On the sofa? yes. I hatched both of them. Well done. Thank you. Well, we were done. Hatched. Thank you. <laughs> well done. So, anyway, so I, I, Jamie calls me up and he says, Ma, you got to drive Stephen to Los Angeles. I said, all right, because I want to help. Okay? I didn't know what was going to happen over there. They, they didn't tell me anything.
11: You didn't take me to Los Angeles. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. They drugged me at this guy's oh, house. No, I'm not Los talking there. about that. Another time,
12: another time. This, is, oh. this is nothing. This, oh. this is something This is the time else. when she was smoking crack in the
9: car with me. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait minute, wait. Yeah, that one. So anyways, so I go to Stephen's house to pick him up, and he's angry because he's high already. He's yeah. angry. Yeah. And, he, and I said, Stephen, we got to leave by 2 o'clock because I can't see at night driving. You know, it's going to get dark. So finally, about 5 o'clock, he's ready to go. He throws his suitcase. He throws your suitcase down the stairs. All right, let's go. So we get in the car. (laughs) We get in the car. And I'm driving. And I've taken this trip numerous times. I know where I'm going. I know how to get from Las Vegas to L.A.
1: He needs a little detour?
9: No, no no detour, nothing like that. So I'm driving and I'm driving. And um, we're about an hour away from Los Angeles. And all of a sudden, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where I was.
1: Oh, did you get high in the crack too?
9: That's exactly, and I didn't know that at the time. So I I stopped the car and I said, Stephen, I I don't understand. Why are we here? Where are we going? Oh. What are we doing? Look good idea. did. Look you know, look what I did. Because he's smoking crack in the car. Oh. He's smoking crack. And I keep telling him, I said, stop smoking. I don't want you smoking in the car. Stop smoking.
12: So basically what you're saying is my mom smoked crack.
5: Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Crack is whack, mom. <laughs> crack is whack. So
12: wait, yeah, there's a smoke crack. <laughs> wait a
9: minute. So anyway, so. I thought you did I, drugs, Dan. I, I will not talk <laughs> about unintentionally,
11: that. unintentionally. Unintentionally.
9: so. I I stopped the car and I says Stephen I says I don't understand I says I don't know how to get to Los Angeles he's, and you know he says to me he says Ma don't worry I'll guide you uh,
11: and he's, right he's so
9: high on crack and he's gonna guide me so like a dummy I Your says okay <laughs> I,
11: say, I <laughs> says I says
9: okay so he's telling me how to get to Ventura Boulevard
5: oh my
9: and I, an I hour got it, la- yeah. and an hour later. We were in L.A. right where we had to be, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was so happy that the police didn't stop us. Nobody looked at us, you know. It was crazy. But I drove all the way there, and I'm I'm – secondhand smoke and i kept telling him don't smoke in the car don't smoke yeah, but he doesn't Jones, listen Jones, to me you know? so i didn't
11: listen to you when i was 11 i'm right,
9: not listening now. Listen now we're That's gonna right. start we're gonna start you with still new, don't listen
11: new <laughs> campaigns about secondhand
1: crack forget secondhand tobacco <laughs> <laughs> secondhand <laughs> so, crack. All right, steven pleasure man thank, thank, thank you, you doc, for coming good to you. see you buddies love love thank you Larry. thank you very much special guest today
4: dennis and darren
1: Dennis and Darren, the great Dennis Rodman.
4: Darren,
5: huh? Well, we'll put
1: we we'll give you top billing, Dennis. Of course. Uh, Darren's new book is Aiming High. I think we talked about it once before on this podcast. It's the, the subtitle is How a Prominent Sports and Celebrity Agent Hit Bottom at the Top. <clears throat> and then Dennis very kindly uh, joined us as well today. And last time I talked to Dennis, I said, Dennis, did you ever imagine you'd hear the words Dennis Rodman and Nobel Peace Prize in the same sentence? And uh, and uh, not I'm, even close. Oh, I disagree. I think those words are aligned now forever. You may not get the peace prize, but I'm just saying people people are acknowledging that um, you were onto something.
13: Well, it it's all good, Doctor Drew. It's very nice to see, you, man. Nice to hear you right now. So um, it's very. Uh, we turn it off right there. So um, the last one I saw you, Doctor Drew. It was very awesome to see you, man. And um, you know, it's a very special day for Darren and Prince.
4: Yeah, tomorrow is. Tomorrow Barnabas. we're going to be at Barnes yeah. & Noble, right?
1: Well, Darren I got to know at the White House. Uh, and I, In fact, i got to get back into that because the stuff that's coming out of there is concerning me a little bit. But I, I was very impressed with Darren Jeff Sessions and his whole move because that has changed – that has moved the battleship a little bit. Darren? You is
4: there? that where you – you were there, I, Darren? I was there. Yeah, I, I was
5: there.
1: In March. You work out, that's a microphone there. you got to use were that, you thing.
4: that op, Were you that optimistic about it with Kellyanne Conway leading the Opiate <laughs> Brigade?
2: I, I figured something had to happen i really did, I really oh did. Whether, were, whether it was a priority or not to them
4: no but dennis yeah. i just got to say dennis's thing with north korea made me believe maybe Kellyanne conway and jeff sessions can solve the opioid problem well Sessions certainly is, is working hard at it I,
1: he has changed the turned the battleship
2: a bit
4: but not to change the sound, oh but boy but hold dennis, on. what about when uh, the
2: press secretary called you anywhere you were in singapore Sarah Sanders? That was,
13: that, was very, oh that, was, that was very emotional. Let me bring it back that to was that very emotional, minute. though. You know, I, didn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that part. I thought that the fact that when I went over to Singapore to try to uh, just to see the leaders get together, uh, it was amazing the fact that uh, just me being there, the send us hopefully that history was making, and uh, I was there, and I was happy to be there.
1: What did Sarah say to you? Uh,
13: you know, in Donald Trump's words, he's so happy for you, Dennis. <laughs> so happy for okay, you. thank you, sir. Okay, baby. So you know, it, but it, it, it was just good. It was just good to uh, to see that the fact that uh, even though I've said it uh, when I first uh, started going to North Korea, I said it uh, the first time, I said it today, um, I didn't care who got the uh, the uh, the accolade as far as getting North Korea and uh, America together. I, I will say, whoever gets it, please, let's do it because I think it's going to happen. I've been saying it for seven years, and uh, all of a sudden, Donald went over there. He, he tried to make peace with uh, Kim Jong-un, and uh, I hope it, it does work for the future. How
1: did you get the instinct that there was something, some possibility there? Because to the rest of us, it looked like impossible at the time.
13: Yeah, it was funny, though. Um, um, I was with, uh, in Donald Trump's uh, his office uh, in New York, and uh, when I first went there, Donald said that, uh, Dennis, it's a great thing that you're doing going to North career. You're doing a great thing. And uh, it was amazing the fact that uh, when Donald started to play this little game as far as like, well, i am I going over there, I'm going to call him a rocket man, I'm going to do this, yeah. I'm going to do that, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, it, it was amazing how that I was, I was telling people, I said, Donald did one thing that people didn't recognize. He said one thing before he walked into the, uh, the, uh, the summit, he said, uh, I can tell in one minute, I'm going to like this guy. And uh, it took him five and a half hours to come out and say, you know what, I like this guy.
1: But he, but he but he it seemed like he he had the door kicked open from the beginning, and which is a which is a but hard call. Go,
4: but let's go back to Celebrity Rehab for a second, Doctor Drew. And there was a moment for Celebrity <laughs> Rehab viewers, if you remember, Dennis told yeah, you how say, the on, world works. Yeah, but
1: that didn't go on TV. Oh, it didn't go on TV. TV. Like that. I call it TV.
4: Dennis, I go do you remember? Do you remember? You told Doctor wow. Dr. Drew how the world right. works, and there's God, right. and then there's sport. <laughs> It's heroes and then there's movie stars and rock stars i like the fact that movie stars and rock stars are on equal pavement because i always thought oh movie stars were above rock stars but apparently they're equal and then politicians are under that and then everybody else mm-hmm. and he was right <laughs> once again dennis rodman was right because when you confronted well, him drew no no he said Four presidents right, have is. kissed my ass. I think it was five. <laughs> five <laughs> have presidents five, yeah. have kissed my ass. And that when men get now around six. – now, now six.
5: Now, now <laughs>
4: president of North Korea.
5: Seven. Yeah. Oh, seven. <laughs> Trump. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Both pushes. Yeah.
4: Dennis, yeah. you are correct in how the world works. I just want Look, you to know that.
13: No, it's, it's all good, though. You know, the main focus why we're doing this today, Doctor Drew. Yeah, I'm very happy the fact that I'm, I'm with uh, Darren Prince. Yeah, and uh, he, he's doing some really he's doing some really amazing things, man. You know what? In Jersey, in his hometown, I think the epidemic is called uh, fentanyl. What is it? Fentanyl is really bad. Oh yeah. It's, it's, oh yeah. yeah no. Oh yeah. It's bad. Everywhere, yeah, it's, no, it's very, very bad. very bad right
1: now. No, listen, Dennis uh, Dar- and, I bet- Dar- and I were talking off the, before the thing heated up here that we want to go out and give do some speaking together. To try to try to you know, Darren can tell his story and his dramatic story of recovery and stuff, and and then I right. can help people make sense of it. We we want to go out there and talk about it. But right. but be that as it may, you, you, you may not remember. There's two things I want to just focus in on. One is a Darren thing, and one's a Dennis thing. Bob's telling us about how the world works, but but the part that that you missed, Bob, that Dennis told me about how the world works, he said to me, he said he said to me, this is the part I like because he said he said, Doctor, you and I, he said, you and I will have a relationship. We don't have one now. But we will get one Uh, so long as you understand (laughs) 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 otherwise. And And you understood. And I said, okay, Uh, I'm willing to deal with
4: this. But the theory, theory, (laughs) like everything with Dennis, is just no holds barred and honest. And that's what I I love Yeah, And 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 we did. And the fact is, I went to the Lakers game. Darren, you were there. I, you know. When you look around courtside at the Lakers game, it's the titans of industry, it's political leaders, it's movie stars and rock stars, and they're all bowing down to LeBron.
1: Yeah, wanting to be near sports athletes. That's
4: crazy, Mm -hmm. but
1: uh, Dennis, Dennis, I'm
4: telling you, when you said that thing 10 years ago, I thought you were out of your mind. (laughs) I now believe it is true.
1: (laughs) And so the other issue is—is is, uh, I wanted to someone say something about Darren. Oh, the Darren uh, Dennis called me when you were on Celebrity Rehab. I don't know if you know this, and he was regaling me with his own recovery.
2: Except, what was wrong, Darren? Right. I was on Suboxone. Yeah, you were not point. sober. Yeah, I we're was sober. on the opiate blog <laughs> for 14 months. Sometimes
4: sometimes our greatest advocates are not sober.
2: Yeah. It's <laughs> <that's> true. <laughs> true. I was on Suboxone. I'd still have a few cocktails with Dennis. I was on a mood stabilizer, antidepressants, anxiety medication. Oh. And I thought I was sober because I wasn't doing the opiates.
12: Yeah, no,
4: yeah. that's pretty close Makes to sense, what right, America Bob? believes now. Right. Dennis kicking the knowledge down to the world of how the world works was not on television. Yeah, that's was bo- a lot
1: of good <laughs> stuff. Oh, and yeah, and it, really, it bothered me that it wasn't. I know. But here, but I want to go back to Kim Jong Un and, and Korea. How? What were you? How did you know that there was potential there? I, I don't understand. Did, did you just know he was a fan, and you thought, God, I wonder if I remember there's a human being there, I can reach him? What were you thinking? How did you figure that out?
13: Uh, it, it was amazing um, about the dude. Uh, Good question. Um, When I first uh, met him, it was uh, like by accident. And uh, when he did the Harlem Gold Trotters, he just asked me to come up uh, and meet him upstairs. And uh, he walked in and I saw this little small Japanese guy walk in and I see 10,000 people standing up, standing up, clapping, clapping, clapping. And I'm sitting down. I wonder why they're clapping. I thought they were clapping for me. And I'm sitting like okay, shaking my hand. And like, yeah, yeah. all about him <laughs> <again>. <laughs> and, yeah, all and about him again. It was amazing. I was like, oh my god, they love me. I said, wait a minute, hold on. And this little short guy walks to me. <laughs> he walked towards me. I'm like, wow. And I still didn't know who this guy was. I never met the guy, right? Did he speak he English? Was, um, he uh, not speak English at all. He just he came over. He's uh, waving, waving, waving. I still don't know who this guy is. And next thing you know, he sits down and I'm keep asking, Who is this guy right here that people love so much? I didn't even know who the guy was. You know, wow. like, okay, great. He said, This this is a Supreme Leader. I said, Supreme leader, who is that? You know, I kept like <laughs> I'm so stupid, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, great.
12: What? <laughs> so
4: like, okay, wait, what did this, he? This did the, he just, did the reports oh, were that he's a fanatic about the Bulls. Was he a fanatic about the Bulls? That's how it right.
12: started.
13: Yeah, oh, boy, he, lo- he loves Chicago. He loves Chicago, man. He loves Chicago Bulls, man. Vice Media
2: came to me about a year before it happened, what? and um, I, 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 I didn't know anything about North Korea. A lot of people didn't at that point, and they showed me a photo of him in boarding school wearing a '91 Rodman Bulls jersey. Does, does
1: Does he speak English, Kim Jong Un? You know? No. Did he speak English? Did he attempt? Translator.
2: Translator.
9: And and,
1: and, and because he went to school in Switzerland, right? And that, I guess, in Korean. But so and so, did you organize the whole thing? I organized the whole. thing. So, all, what, all made, what made you think that was a good idea?
2: So, so here's what happened. I Talk about it in my pocket. This is amazing. So, how much had he thought?
5: Media. I managed yeah, Dennis Rodman.
4: Oh, here's what here's what Darren thought. I managed <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Rodman. How much trouble could he get in in North Korea? Oh, <laughs> it, wasn't oh,
2: <laughs> it, it wasn't even about the money. They yeah. came. They came to us. They changed the date four different times. than am like. And I kept calling him, Dennis, oh, you're going to Korea, you're going to Korea. And then finally the contract. Was it was just gets...
1: sort of an appearance? Just yeah, to...
2: with the Globetrotters. He was oh, going as okay. a player coach with the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, okay. okay. So, and was this, a, was this
1: a world peace sort of a no, thing? No, or...
2: at that point it was just an international exhibition game. Like wow. any other country that we would have gone to. And I finally got the contract from them signed. I go downstairs to Steve in my office. Steve's historian, real intelligent guy. Not half brain dead like I could be, like Dennis could be. And I'm like, Steve, Dennis is going to frickin' North Korea. I'm pumped. I finally got the deal signed. You know, Cy, the gangman style guy, he looks at me and goes, you frickin' idiot. That guy's from the South. What are you talking about? He's not going to North Korea. And he's like, you better get Dennis on the phone right now. So he calls him up and he goes, dude, Darren just signed a deal for you to go to North Korea, not South. Dennis is like, whatever. And he goes, can I explain to you about the North? <laughs> Dennis, I'll never forget this. He goes, dude, just make sure I'm protected. I get in and out, in and out safely because who knows, maybe something historic could happen by me going there. Wow. Never
1: for wow. a second. Is that in your never book?
2: Never for is... a second did he say, I'm not going. Is that in your book? It's in the book.
1: The, all those statements, yep. all those. Oh, my God. Yep. That's, that's, that's history. Bro. Right. That is world history. And then right they there.
2: called me two days before when he was in Beijing on the stopover, and the producer said to me, Uh, of the documentary for Vice said, you're about to have the most famous person in the world on your roster. I'm just telling you right now. I didn't know what he meant. And he goes, this is going to put the wedding dress to shame with the amount of exposure he's going to get. And I woke up at 4 in the morning, like everybody else, that picture of Dennis next to him, that epic photo in time, and it was a complete shit show. And and so you thought at the time,
1: I imagine, that, hey, (laughs) well, I'm just (laughs) – I'm imagining.
4: <laughs> Not that the wedding dress at the bookstore wasn't <laughs> a show
13: no. Really? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a what run. He, came,
2: he comes back. We got a wonderful pistachio <laughs> commercial. We got the full Oscar commercial. it gets the Newsweek cover. He opens up Saturday Night Live. Our heads were spinning. We're like, what right. the hell is going on? But but it was conflicted, right? There were people yeah, judging him. No, that
4: him. was the next time. It, 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 it was the 50-50. The, first the, next tri- no, time, the, the next time is when you really yeah, got the criticized. The, they, time, right? the first trip they were yeah, judging right? It was fifty-fifty.
2: Right. Um, yeah. It was the second and the third trip that when he, when he, when he, when he now went. Now that, that's where I want to pick things
4: up for a second, Dennis. As your chemical dependency counselor, who <laughs> I love you dearly, I was watching the morning news and I saw my client right. had relapsed yeah. and was in North Korea right. live on television right. <laughs> with a
2: drunken meltdown. Right. Yep. Yeah. What
4: i just because because you know i get a little crap from people for my client's behavior and i got a lot of texts that morning oh great job you did with dennis rodman and it's (laughs) funny i did not
1: i did not get any grief and he
4: and so i really in my mind dennis i thought you stayed up all night and you were drinking jägermeister out of a coffee cup like you like to do is that is that pretty much what happened?
2: They don't have Jaeger over there, right? No, 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 no.
4: What, what 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 You were
13: tired too? You weren't was, as
4: drunk as you seem. No no, I
13: was tired. I was I saying, but either way, I'm just saying though so, so you can get the real story. The fact that, you know what, I was over there, they they love to the drink, and I love to drink at the time, stuff like that. So basically I, I said some really things that out of contents and um, it was this uh you know, you know, things went south. And when I came back, I got so much, so much havoc. <laughs> but what I said, and then, and then, and then, next thing you know, I get off the plane in New- in Jersey, New York. Darren said, you're going to turn the point. I yeah. said, what turning point? I got a rehab I'm on the board of.
2: I don't want to hear it. I'm like, I'm getting
5: death
13: threats. Oh, you you're getting right. death you threats. You went
2: right to yeah. rehab? Uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm my like, did you? I don't know. the FBI's <laughs> calling the you office. You you were not turning point, Darren.
1: Were you actually sober at that point, you're, Darren?
2: Uh, I was sober. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and and so the FBI, because that was a very confusing time,
2: right? Yeah. The FBI's calling you, Why? To, to debrief him, uh, the state. I mean, they all wanted it to, to happen. But in retrospect, that. it's not clear why they were so upset, right? No. Yeah. It's no. against it, protocol.
1: It, it, he violated protocol, but, yeah. but he was a private um, citizen. What, what,
2: what, what's the word? Uh, International. No, um, treason. Treason? But, yeah, they were trying really? to get him on treason. What? And, and he gave gifts um, that were free gifts, not paid gifts, that he picked up in Beijing. To uh, Kim Kim Jong Un and his family, and they were trying to get him on that too.
1: For what would that be?
2: So,
4: what is that called?
2: They're, they're, I don't know what it is. Some sort of. There's
4: a lot of laws, Drew. I don't know yet, if you're aware of this. It There's true. a lot of laws. We had to hire
2: an attorney to squash it. And oh, I was like, I can't believe this God. guy just came back after a meltdown. Let me go to freaking rehab. And and and, and so, be- Dennis, did
1: you were you what? aware of these treason allegations?
13: No, no I wasn't aware of that. I was the fact that you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh about it now, thank God.
13: But then you went back. It, right, I'm laughing at it now. i laughing at it now. You know, back then, I wasn't laughing. Bro. No, it sounds you awful. Know, but you went back and crushed it. Like I say, you know what? You know, but it, it was amazing that you know, since we're talking about this whole um, North Korea and the uh, drinking thing, I think the fact that when I came back, that was like what you did to me, Dr. Drew, that uh, you tried to turn my life around. And when I came back from North Korea, that's the same thing that what Derwin did because he knew that I was in danger at, that, at a particular time, and he, he started protecting me. He said, "You want a turning point?" And I thought we said, "Turning point? What? Like my life?" He said, "No, <laughs> you want to rehab." And I said, Okay, <laughs> great. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to go.
1: <laughs> but there was there was a bit of a shit storm. So why not go to treatment?
13: Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it, it was. It was. It was. As Darren said, it was a storm. It was. It was. So how did you? How did you I'm getting, upset, I'm, Go ahead, Dennis. Well, you I'm right. not understand, but it, but it's like I said, you know. It's very, it's very difficult to explain what me and Darren is as far as like client to agent and stuff like that. It's just so hard that people don't understand that, you know, you can always have a friend like that in your corner, no matter what, good or bad. I think you know about that, Dr. Drew, because yep. you have so many people in the world, brother. So many people in the world, you don't even realize. And guess what? That's what Darren's doing right now. He's been doing it for a long time. So it's amazing that, you know what? I'm lucky to have that guy in my corner because... I need people like that in my corner to keep me on a straight and narrow road. He's been doing it with this book called Aiming High." High. Yeah. So, you know what? If you read the book, you read the book, and it's so aiming high about athletes, people around the world. It don't matter if you got money or you got fame That's or funny. anything, you broke a poor lived in the street. This guy is trying to do everything he can. Yeah. He'll knock down the gates of the White House to make his point across. And I give him credit for that.
1: No, not only that. Listen, when I met Darren at the White House, no, listen, he, he, he. Um, I just went. We started talking about you. How crazy is
5: that? How crazy is that?
1: Yeah, what? Yeah, we were talking about you, and he he said to me, he goes, you know what? I got him to have dinner with Shirley, and I was like, oh my God, Darren, you're 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 no no. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Listen, and I, and I said the the I said exactly what you said, Dennis. Which is that he's got you. This is this makes all the difference in the world that that he's listening to you, that you're getting his mom involved, and that this is. I was
2: just it was just great news. And Charlie loved Priscilla, my beautiful f- fiance sitting here. Remember <laughs> day?
13: Okay, Darry,
2: you
1: got the equation right.
13: Priscilla,
1: well done, Dennis. <laughs> you oh, now. Well done, Dennis. That's, oh, that's,
13: oh, that's oh, twenty
4: yeah. years of show business right there.
1: Covered all the bases. But but Dennis, I want to go back to the third trip because I don't understand – and Darren, you're going to have to help us with this too – how you go from allegations of treason to, hey, I'm going to do that again. Trump Did, gets elected. It was it. No, no. Trump gets oh, elected. Was that the third time? Yeah, the third time was with Trump. Yeah, yeah. There was
2: a there was a three and a half year break before he went back again. But that
1: was because Trump was going, or it was there. Uh, no,
2: well, Trump was president at that point, so you could do it. You yeah, could he, and that's yeah, when he,
4: it all changed once Trump. Got
2: and that's him. when uh, coin oh sent us the cryptocurrency. Celebrities right. aren't going to
4: get convicted under Trump. Well, Come on, but, Drew. <laughs> 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 you know how the world but, works. Dennis told you how the world works. Yeah, I know. Now
1: I'm learning. I got to be reminded. Where though. is,
4: wait a minute, let's get it from Dennis. Dennis, where is Trump on that scale? So he must be up there with the sports icons or God. <laughs> where, where, where is Trump on the, on the Dennis Rodman world of how the world works?
13: He's. Well, I am. this, man. You know what? If you look at Dr. Ju, and you see something about Dr. Drew. I'm gonna give Dr. Drew credit right now. Dr. Drew is with uh, the guy Austin in um, in Houston, and uh, the guy that's uh, on Sunday on Sunday morning. You know, the preacher Osteen. What's his name? Right? Joel 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 Steen. Joel Steen. Steen, yeah. Osteen, Right. Yeah. yeah. I think Dr. Drew is on his level, and uh, I think that the fact that Dr. Drew has touched and uh, affected a lot of people's lives. Now, I think that the fact that Darren is on that, on that path right now. He's on that path right now to try to do the same thing Dr. Drew is doing right now. and well, I think that if uh, we all come together and try to try to make some, some type of difference to people in the world, because we can't change like the world of drug addiction overnight. Well, let me What's ask it, you this. That's what makes Dennis different
4: than everybody else.
1: No, Dennis has, has, has uh, insights. That, that, Dennis that, has a certain kind of vision. Said. Yeah, yeah. Because, so, because so
4: everybody could say, well, I'm rich, I'm famous, I'm whatever – but that wanting to make a difference right. that's is the, yeah, is know that's the thing that's so beautiful so, about so, Dennis. So
1: hold on. So let me ask Dennis. There's so much tribalism and, you know, this split in the country right now. Do you see any road back to healing us?
13: Well, I think that, Dr. Julie, I think you've got more insight than I do as far as like, uh, looking at people's souls and, and to their future. I think that, you know, God and Jesus didn't try to improve people's lives. All they asked. Um, them to do one thing, can I help you? That's what God and Jesus did. They said, can I help you? The only thing he says, you know, put your hand on, let me hold your hand. Let me show you the way. Pretty much that's what you guys are doing. It's what to help these people. that's a dire need to try to straighten their lifestyle. And it's amazing that people don't want to understand it because life is moving so fast that we don't understand how to slow down and take a breather and say, hey, you know what? Let me check myself first.
1: All right. Well, that's that's advice by itself. Just uh, that. Just slow down, take a breather, get off the social media. So now, now they got the third trip.
2: Now we got the third trip. And so, what was that like? I mean, that was scary, right? The, uh, I mean, the the, the third trip uh, went a lot more in, in his favor. It really <laughs> went a lot more in his favor. You know, he came back. He, he was stone cold sober. Did yeah. everything he had to do. You didn't see Kim Jong Un on that trip, but he saw all the delegates, the officials, and Dennis did something so brilliant. Um, He handed them a book. This was right around, was it around election time that I'm thinking? Trump wasn't president yet. He handed them the Korean version of Art of the Deal. Wow. And it went viral. Uh, You were out there with Vo, You guys picked up the book. You gave it to uh, to the minister of sports, and it but I'm it was a, saying
13: uh, anyway. Anyway, Doctor Drew, look it up right now. On your computer, right now, you'll see it. Look at the picture. Uh, what I gave it it's to unbelievable. him.
2: Unbelievable! Okay, I will do it. Was it. Ge- it was genius. It okay. okay. Over the internet. Now,
1: now, like, then you did. Is that the one we did the interview with Cuomo? The morning show, you at CNN?
2: Uh, no, Cuomo was, that that was the, second the second trip. One? The, the, that the, set, set, the second, second one. yeah, the second Cuomo. Was I in thought Singapore. that was that was I, I, that was five months the, ago. The the best one he's ever done. Oh, the,
1: the, but the, but he was still unfair to him, I thought. Cuomo. When he was in Singapore?
13: Oh, he, 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 always, he always does. He always does. He yeah, in hours, yeah, right? yeah. But yeah. you know what? It's TV, man. Yeah, yeah it's TV. Yeah. He yeah, was
2: very complimentary when I did his show uh, about a month ago. He actually said how amazing it was that you predicted that the door was going to open and who would have thought that the door opened. Yeah. And the South and the North both gave you credit for He didn't for say it.
1: that on TV, did he? Um, he, he, he did. He
2: did. It was All, on right. Segment. Okay. Yeah. All, All right. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. So
13: on TV. And, right.
2: and how about Kenneth Bay, a year after your meltdown, coming out publicly saying that your rant raised awareness and he yes. helped get him out? Yes, it did. Wait yeah. a
1: minute. Am but,
13: I... So. But, anyway, so, anyway, so i got to go to uh, dinner and um, let you guys know one thing, guys. Yeah. It's beautiful to talk to you guys today, Dr. Drew. Is, is this oh, the yeah. picture? I'll see picture? you tomorrow, right? Hold it's on. Up, it's, I,
1: it's up I'm there, showing picture. the picture. Oh, it's up yep. on our screen. I, so I've got the picture of you uh,
2: handing the art of the deal. All right. And, and Bob is. and Dr. Drew are going to come see us at the book signing tomorrow. A- absolutely. Yeah, Absol- ab- absolutely, brother. Absolutely. What time
1: What time are you going to be there? Yeah, what time are you going <laughs> to get there?
2: One o'clock. <laughs> <laughs>
13: If you're, if uh, man, I guess what time we start? One o'clock. I one o'clock 30.
1: Yeah, he'd be at six thirty.
13: Yeah.
5: Twelve thirty. Twelve thirty. All right. If you're at twelve thirty,
1: twelve thirty.
4: Twelve thirty. All
1: right. Have fun at dinner. All right, man. Good to talk to you. All
4: right.
1: See you
13: tomorrow. All right, guys. All right. Thanks, bye-bye. Dave. Bye, man.
1: All right, that's about it for this episode of This Life. Check us out at KBC, and Lawrence Savant, 790 Midday Live Talk Radio, Monday to Friday. You can also tune in every day live via the magic of the internet at kbc.com. If you miss it, we've made it simple for you to find all the shows at drdrew.com, the Adam and Dr. Drew Podcast, the single one I do by myself, Dr. Drew Podcast, This Life, of course, with Bob Swole Patrol, Mike Cantho, at his new health and fitness podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at This Life Podcast, at Dr. W Drew, D-R-E-W, at Rehab Bob Forrest, and of course our lovely producer at First Lady of Love. I think I know who that is. If you love the show, please subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate it when you do. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. Send us a message. Join the email list at drdrew.com. Dr. slash contact. You will also get a weekly email from us on that. Uh, While you're at it, at doctor.com, please support our sponsors by clicking through the banners. We only advertise products that I can get behind. So thank you for supporting them, those that support us. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.